two deer hunters met in the woods. First one said to the other, boy, am I glad to see you. I've been lost for hours. The second deer hunter said, that's nothing. I've been lost for a week. You're listening to the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. What's up, everybody? How are you? Smackdown Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Glimmerveen, just an idiot with a microphone and a dream. And on today's show, I've got Mr. Bodie Gabler back in the building. Uh, he was on the fifth episode we had called High Five, and we talked uh, a little bit about fishing, a little bit about hunting, a little bit about everything. And on today's show, he comes back and he tells us about his hunting trip to Texas this past year. Um, he did take a nice deer, but we kind of cover the hog problem down there, which we've all heard about. And he tells us kind of what they have going on down there. We discuss whether or not there's really anything that you can do about that issue because it's such a tricky one, really. And then we also talk about uh, his trip to Africa that he's preparing for. A lot of information on that, which is really good to know if you guys are planning on going there someday. There are some things you need to take into account. Actually, a lot of things you need to take into account that are way different than booking a trip to a different state, you know, or even like Alaska or Canada. So, and then, of course, he's got a recipe that uh, I officially have to announce. This is by far my uh, most, my favorite recipe that we have so far. And I will definitely be trying it. So anyway... And then we actually had uh, had some questions come in that we answered. So we want you guys to ask ask questions on the Facebook page and whatnot. So if you have any hunting, fishing questions, look out for the posts that I do asking for questions or just message us some questions. It could be about anything outdoors. It can be about me. It can be about a guest. It can be about whatever you want. So without further ado, here is Mr. Bodie Gabler. Mr. Bodie. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us again. Oh, thanks man. for having me, man. Yeah, Mr. Bodie Gabler. If you guys um, have listened to the show, the fifth episode called High Five, and I named it that because we literally did a high five in the episode. <laughs> um, he was on there, and uh, we talked a little musky, a little offshore, uh, saltwater fishing, a little hunting, a little Texas, a little bit of everything. And uh, we're today we're going to talk about Texas and Africa, and who knows what else. No, hunting yeah hunting whatever. hunting whatever we're breaking we're breaking up all these fishing episodes i've had you know. <laughs> for the last month or two get some hunting in here so um but first what we're going to do is we're going to head over to the minnesota master angler award brought to you by the minnesota fishing museum and hall of fame in little falls and the reason i picked this one out is because this here is emily anderson and on August 12, 2007, she caught a 27 and a half inch walleye on uh, Lake Alexander here in uh, Morrison County. And the reason I picked it out is because it was Emily's first walleye with no help. Now, my first walleye with no help was 26 and a half inches, and I was probably, well, I was seven when I caught it, and she looks no more than about six or so. So that's why I picked that out. Um, but yeah, on August 12th, 2007, I kind of went way back to the beginning and I'm doing all the early ones and whatnot. 
and working my way up. So I'm finally giving people their their due, yeah, their, right. their, yeah. their shout outs. My, my first walleye was a 26, but I wasn't even walleye fishing, I was bass fishing. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, we were on Mille Lacs and we were actually walleye fishing. Mm-hmm. And then we go back out because we took that one into the freezer at, uh, uh, which one was it? One of the, um, one of the launches or whatever, bait shops, put it in the freezer for the taxidermist. And then we went oh, back like on the garrison side. Yeah, it was the garrison side. It was, uh, I just remember the place being blue. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's, it's behind the gas station? It's still there. It's still got the same name. I just can't remember what it is offhand. But anyway, I think so. I what talking about. Yeah, so we put it, you know, take it in there, put it in the cooler, go back out, and I hook into a bigger one, which we can't get off the bottom, couldn't get off the bottom, yeah. couldn't get off the bottom, finally broke off, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> that's how that, it goes. That's the one I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so Emily Anderson on uh, in 2007, so I'm guessing she's probably almost out of high school at this point uh congratulations emily anderson for uh getting your master angler award for that 27 and a half inch walleye good job good job now let's head over and do some news we've got two pieces of news i want to touch one a come on anytime you want to uh work here there we go Shakopee, Shakopee Man is Snowmobile Safety Instructor of the Year. Kim Workmeister of Shakopee has been named the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Volunteer Snowmobile Instructor of the Year for 2018. During his 42 years as a volunteer instructor, Workmeister has instructed more than 3,500 youths and adults on how to operate snowmobiles safely and responsibly. He's also the longest acting member of the River Valley Trailblazers Snowmobile Club of Shakopee and Jordan, and having been uh, involved for more than 45 years. In addition, he clears and grooms trails and coordinates a snowmobile map for Scott County. Kim is an extraordinarily active volunteer who truly cares about passing on Minnesota's safe snowmobiling tradition to new riders, said Conservation Officer Bruce Lawrence, recreational vehicle coordinator for the DNR's Enforcement Division. He understands the connection between safety training and fewer snowmobile crashes. Volunteer instructors like Kim are a big part of the reason why snowmobiling in Minnesota is such a safe activity. That is pretty cool. 45 or 40 42 years teaching people how to safely use a snowmobile i didn't even know snowmobiles were that old <laughs> that's a lot of cold yeah a lot of cold and but hey it's it's people like this any you know he also, he's also you know grooming the trails and whatnot so anybody who's in that area mm-hmm. please say thank you to mr workmeister he's doing his he's he's helping you guys go have a good time um let's see here there was one more and this one here is where did it go this one made its rounds on facebook and the news and everything uh the dnr certifies huge lake sturgeon as new catch and release state record minnesota has a new state record lake sturgeon so large that anglers had to drill five holes to fit the six and a half foot long fish through the saint croix river ice the Department of Natural <laughs> Resources. Uh, no, they're uh, well. The problem is, is that they, they a lot of times they you know they do that. Yeah, they do the alligator roll. roll. Yeah, so they get all tangled up, and it's just easier getting them out of the hole that way. 
Um, early on in the effort to catch the fish on February 9th, record holder, holder Darren Truth. I'm sorry, Darren. I, I know we're Facebook friends and whatnot, but uh, Troseth. I think that's. I believe that's how you say your last name. Um, I'm sorry, Darren. Uh, knew he had something special on the line. I've seen a lot of big sturgeon in my life, but I was stunned when I got a look at it. He said. Uh, trust Darren, I'll just say Darren and his fishing companion John Kimball were ice fishing on the St. Croix near Bayport. So now that place is going to be flooded full of people trying to catch that fish again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get away from other anglers, they were at a location they had never fished before. When he hooked the record fish, uh, he was out fishing out, out of a double hold, double out of a double hole he'd prepared. Apparently, he needed to go a double hole, double hole, double hole. <laughs> with his auger triple double yeah right with his auger battery about to die when he was able to drill a third hole but the fish still did not fit so he took to facebook to put out a call for help i did not i didn't hear anything about this i never did either put out on facebook a call to help anyone in the area with an auger within a few minutes two anglers who he and kimball had never met before showed up with an auger and expanded the hole in the meantime, he's hoping and he's praying and he's going, please, please don't break me off. Mm-hmm. Now with five holes, the sturgeon could barely fit through. Good Lord. They must be, yeah, they must be using a small. Well, it uh, says battery, so it makes me think of like those lithium six it inch. It might be like a six inch K drill or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the help of his fishing companion, he was able to land the lake sturgeon. He quickly measured the fish at 78 inches took photos and returned the fish to the river to potentially be caught again another day 78 inches jesus now now this is going under mm-hmm. the catch and release catch program and release just goes by length yeah yep that's just by length that we talked about with mike Coldfront curry on the episode called we have failed um five dnr fishery staff two dnr conservation officers and the state record certification office official reviewed reviewed his state record fish application and supporting documents after concluding that all requirements had been met and that the fish had been legally captured the DNR officially certified as Sturgeon as the new state catch and release. There we go, catch and release record. The DNR announces new state records in news releases on social media and on the website. Uh, find current record and current records and guidelines for each type of state record at mnndnr.gov/recordfish. Congratulations, Darren. That is a awesome fish. Meanwhile, you need like a third guy there holding the tail. Yeah. God, that thing is big. Yep. Yeah. That makes me think of that makes me think of you know saltwater fishing fish that big. Well, yeah. I mean, biggest I got is fifty two, and it took me you know uh, Lake of the Woods sturgeon to get that big. Not not even. No. Yeah. It, it's just an amazing fish. And oh I'm, yeah, and you just think how old that fish is too. I want to say I, I did see somewhere. Didn't they think it was like one hundred and eighty years old? It, it, well, it's over 100, I bet. Yeah, it was either that one or it was the one that was speared over in Winnebago in Wisconsin. One of those two, they were thinking it's like 180 years old. I mean, they're darn near dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a, a sturgeon. I, don't, I, don't, I think regardless of what kind of sturgeon, they don't reach like full maturity till they're at least a century old. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. It's They're just big, slow-growing, bottom-feeding heck of a fight fish i mean i'm gonna try to get up there during the uh, rainy river run this year so now that i got my own boat 
I don't have to try to get anybody else to take me up there. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going. Anybody want to come? <laughs> meet me at my house at this time or meet me up there. <laughs> I'm on the way, dude. Just swing through and pick me up. All right. All right. All right. Just be ready because I don't know when it's going to happen. I'll be watching Facebook Just and I'm like, know. I'm going. <laughs> shoot, yeah, shoot me yep. a message. Yep. All right. So, Mr. Bodie, what's going mm-hmm. on, man? Tired of the Ready snow for yet? summer. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm out in this stuff every day for work. I don't want to see it ever again. Uh, it, this is the most depressing winter ever. It started out great because we got all that ice early. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking like last year. Yeah. Ice up nice and, you know, no snow. Ice is up early, you know, and ice is up fast. Yeah. We can get out of there. We can start driving out there pretty quick like last year. Yeah. Nope. No. As well, soon as we, it gets close to drive on to drivable yeah. conditions. Well, we got a bunch are, of a bunch of ice real early. Yeah. And then it kind of warmed up and stopped, which is what really killed us for yeah. a while. But in that first warm up though, then we got that first blizzard. Yeah. And then you it's, know, and it's just nonstop. I don't know. I'm tired of it. I need to go somewhere warm and mm-hmm. get out of here. Meanwhile, I see pictures of like my entire family and friends out in Texas, and it's they're in shirt and shorts <laughs> and tank tops and flip-flops and like y'all can kiss my ass well my grandpa lives in reno well uh, well right now he's actually in rancho mirage he spends mm-hmm. his winters in Ma- rancho yeah. mirage like well, three months so Reno of course, fluctuates fast though i mean yeah. one day it'll be 85 degrees and the next day it's 20 and snowing yeah but then it melts by noon yeah anyway. then it melts yeah. off but he's so in rancho fast. mirage so i'll call him and he's like yeah it's like 75 degrees here and i'm like yeah well it's 75 below and snowing and mm-hmm. yeah blowing to be hell thanks grandpa thank you <laughs> yeah but um speaking of warm places somebody went to texas and did a little hunting eh? mm-hmm. how'd that go yeah pretty good not as good as i was hoping um like say everyone i talked to and like my brother and my brother-in-law it didn't put it out the it was as bad as i thought it would be you know like we've all never had a problem of seeing deer we've got hogs everywhere yeah. but now hogs are crazy really? everywhere i mean all the feeders we've got tearing up like crazy they're tearing up cactus even you know they're chasing this it got to the point there's so many hogs on our ranch now they're chasing the deer they're chasing cattle you know like my stepdad's cattle cattle that he runs he's got calves and we had to separate the calves uh because they're like chasing to kill them yeah the hog hogs don't care dude they'll eat anything oh i know they'll eat them but i did oh they'll they'll run them down they'll kill them if they can so they're running out of food because there's too many damn hogs eating all the food and eating everything and they're tearing up the ground so bad nothing can grow well well little it can but you know they don't need to they tear the ground up so bad where their feeders are you know yeah and it got to the point like every time i'd see deer out there in the morning or in the afternoon two three minutes they're gone because they the eat as fast as they can gone hmm. you know, but the hogs are smart and never saw them during the day yeah you know and the one time i didn't bring anything for night hunting I didn't have my red lights. I didn't have my <laughs> night scope or thermals or anything. Well, didn't they have anything down there that you could have used? Yeah. Well, there's been there's plenty. Everybody has stuff like that, but yeah. nobody around. You know, this was oh. this was uh, we went left. We left here Christmas Day. We got down there the day after. You know, day after Christmas, everybody's already back to work. Oh, okay. You know? I got you. So you're just kind of by yourselves down there. Yeah, and we visit family and whatnot. And we had a, a late Christmas at my mom's there. You know, but by then it was already the weekend. We had to get ready to come back, and he's like, and my brother is like, oh, well, I can bring all our stuff Saturday. I'm like, well, we're leaving Saturday yeah, afternoon. Thanks. Yeah. But, so they just not 
do they not have enough people down there to take care of the problem? Are they not trying to take care of the problem, well, or what? Or is it just that far out of control right that's now? That's how bad the hogs are. I mean, it's not just my our ranch; I mean, it's yeah. everywhere, all through mm-hmm. the south. And it's not just Texas; it's it's pretty much from Texas all the way down through Florida. Yeah. I mean, hogs are crazy. I mean, they they can have like eight, ten babies every time they breed two, three times a year. Like you can't kill them fast enough. Yeah. Well, we see you know you watch the shows and Pig Man yeah. and all that you know news and Facebook yeah. and everything. And as much as many hogs as they kill, they're not even putting a dent into it. No, and that's you know it's actually kind of weird because I think it's I was listening to some podcast. I think it's Missouri that. Like, they don't want you to hunt them because they say it's not even effective. You're almost hindering it because mm-hmm. you go in and you basically blow out an area where, you know, the DNR or whoever it is, they can actually do a better job of finding them and eradicating these pods instead of hunters going in and shooting one and well, then they the spread out yeah. and then they're gone for it's a day. the way they're doing it, I mean, they're it's almost like deer hunting in a blind. It's like, okay, a few hogs come in. Well, I'm only going to shoot that one hog. Yeah. You know? Where the game wardens and the DNR, they'll go in there several people at a time if they don't if they're not trapping them in these giant traps they can catch 20, 30 hogs at a time. Yeah. You know, there's two or three or four guys with semi-automatics and with just, ARs and SKSs and whatnot, and they're just yeah. blowing them down. Helic- helicopter. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way we would do it. Um, especially like back in high school and college days, it'd be three or four of us a lot of times like me my brother some cousins and friends and we'd be out over looking over on the edge of a field at night you know and be pitch black you know or the full moon's going that's about it and you can just hear them coming you know and then this was way back in the day when night scopes just came out for civilian use yeah and i bought one you know it Compared to nowadays, it sucked. But back then, I'm thinking like, "Oh crap, yeah, this is awesome." Right, 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 right. Paying out the ass for it. Yeah, you know, and it looks but, like some cheap yeah. ass video game that you. Yeah, and, yeah. and it wasn't even it wasn't even one for your gun. You know, it's just a oh, mo- just like just the, the mono, whole, yeah, okay, to yeah. look through. But yeah. it was when they first came out, and I was like, "Hell yeah, this is awesome." Oh yeah. So I, I'd sneak around, you know, and I was like, "Okay, I can see them." There's like 30 of them, like, and they'd be like 100 yards in front of us. And next thing you know, it's like. There'd be two guys on the back of the truck, and I'd be on the door, and my brother be on the door, you know, and there'd be somebody else next to me, and we'd all have, you know, semi-automatic shotguns with slugs or AR-15s or SKSs, and one friend of mine had his grandpa's 30 carbine from like Korea, <laughs> you know, still he took care of it and it still fired like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? You know, and all of a sudden, you know, like we'd have spotlights and KC lights and turn the brights on the truck. We'd all count to three, you know, and as soon as you turn them lights on, everybody just starts shooting. Yeah. You know, but there'd be like 50 to 100 hogs a lot of sometimes, even. Right. You know, most of the times 10 to 20, but sometimes you wouldn't even believe how many freaking hogs there were. It's, you know, it's crazy. Three, I mean, just mow them down. We yeah. shoot like 10, 15 hogs at a time. But it's only, even, yeah. it's only 10 to 15. Yeah. So you take out 20% of the population. Yeah. But that's and, just that group. There's, yeah. there's hundreds of groups like this. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if there's really a good answer for it. The only good answer would be to poison them all. But then yeah. when you do that, you're going to kill everything else. Exactly. Yeah. You can't poison you know? them because everything that eats off of them or eats where you're putting the poison or whatever. Yeah. So the, only, it's, the only thing I would ever think of is be like you'd have to have a large group of people, almost like a company size group of people. They would go place to place, a ranch to ranch, you know, kind of thing, and farm to farm and whatnot, and just use every means they can to hunt day and night and any means necessary almost rather yeah. than poisoning kind of thing. Kill everything they can find. You know, and once they kill off this ranch, go to the next one. Just keep doing it. Yeah. But it would take, you know, it would take, I would think, 
just off the top of my head, I would think a hundred people. And just and you can't just do one ranch, you know. And some of these big take giant more, ranches, yeah. yeah but, I think it would take more than that. I mean, you'd because yeah. a hundred people isn't many people when you're chasing millions mm-hmm. of hogs. And then the problem is, is if you kill the hogs, you know, here, well, then you move here, hogs move back here. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be like, I would think like a special program to where they would be allowed access to all these private lands. Like say Texas, you know, it's 95% private. Louisiana's pretty much the same, but, you know, it's just a lot smaller. And even all the other um, southeastern states around the Gulf and Florida and whatnot, it's a lot of private land. Yeah. And you would have, they have to have some special program thing to where they just let all these people go on these private lands where they're only hunting hogs you know but then again you can uh, run into all sorts of problems too from that yeah well i think the first step and people are going to hate this they're going to hate this anybody who's got a fenced in area no matter how many acres it is kill everyone in there and don't allow them back in mm-hmm. i know they can some might you know burrow underneath if they really want to but yeah, i mean they, you, you sh- eradicate all those that way those are yeah. clean zones we'll just call them where there's no pigs in there and then you start yeah. trying to but it's I don't. It would take. A I just lot, don't see an a, end of it. An extremely large amount of people doing it all oh, together yeah. at the same time. Yeah, at the yeah. same time, literally twenty four seven helicopters and mm-hmm. night visions and thermals and everything. Just twenty four seven. I mean, it would take like a fleet of like a hundred helicopters offline around places. Yeah. Here's and what we need to do. So, some of the stuff is so thick you can't even see through it with a. Well, that yeah, and yeah, and that's part of the problem is that the during the day, mm-hmm. they just go hide in the thickest shit that they find. Yeah, and that's like the problem. That's why they really don't do the helicopter thing in Florida. Because, you know... Oh, good luck every, finding them yeah, in the Everglades. Everglades looking shit. Yeah. You, you can't even walk through it. No. You know, no. So the only thing see it in the helicopter. Yeah, the only thing that survives in there are crazy animals that pigs, want to kill you. snakes, and gators. That's <laughs> about it. Oh, yeah, let's go run through there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, who wants to do a pig drive through the Everglades? Not it. No. <laughs> no well, good. like when you see them, like, they have those big, giant, freaking homemade tank looking things with, you know monster truck tires oh yeah like yeah yeah the buggies like a 15 foot platform on it yeah like one one um family in texas had one way back in the day you know and he had this was on hydraulic arms that would raise up to like 18 feet off the ground oh yeah so, i mean you can even drive through water and this thing wouldn't get stuck you know and this thing had like 44 inch boggers on it, it had like a 460 cranked up like 800 horsepower this thing was crazy yeah they're pretty cool they're, yeah. they're like it's like mudding but cool yeah they're cooler yeah, mine's cool, but those things are pretty nice. Oh, I can only yeah. imagine, dude. Well, like you it's said, like the motors, truck. the motors. I mean, or the in, you know motors, oh. engines. It's just yeah. The cost of cool ain't cheap. <laughs> My buddy who was in drag racing, he, I, you know, we're building cars and doing this, and I can't remember he, he, some stupid part, you know. And I'm like, well, what's how how much is that going to help? And he's like, eh, it might help a little bit, you know, maybe a tenth of a mile an hour or whatever. I'm like, but it costs so much. He goes, yeah. hey, cost of cooling cheap, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Well, see, and you got to think in, in things like the world of drag racing, a tenth of a mile or a tenth of a second, that's winning and losing yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You need every advantage you can get and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see see the end of it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And they're only expanding. And people yeah. that are like, well, how are they going to do when they hit Minnesota in the cold? Yeah, uh, go look in Russia. They're from the cold. Yeah, yeah. Well, before this, um, Alabama, I think it's Hell, they're already in Alabama. Canada. Yeah. Well, I want to say it's Alabama, like the one called Son of Hogzilla. I think that's the world record is 1,100-pound hog. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, look that one up. Before that, the world record was from Mongolia. It's freaking cold as hell in Mongolia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Uh, it's not warm there. One thing that... 
bugs the freaking shizzle out of me. If people call him, it's a Russian hog. There's no such thing <laughs> as a Russian hog except a hog in Russia. Tell him. <laughs> Tell if it's em. here, it's a feral pig. That's what they call it. Or you can just call it a wild pig. Well, that's the thing, too, is that that there's actually an argument whether you call them wild pigs or wild hogs, whatever, or feral. They're, they're not really sure what to call them because of how they were brought over and all this stuff. But, yeah. Well, if they're not living in captivity, it's wild. Let's see here. And see, that's Hogzilla. That's the fake one that all the controversy. So this is about. this is a fake one. Now, now it's a real hog. Yeah. But this was is he Hogzilla. Like Fourteen feet behind him. Now he's on no, him. You know, this is the one they tried to say years ago that was like nine hundred thousand pounds kind of thing, and they buried it so nobody could find it. Oh, you know okay. But then they buried it. They dug it up afterwards, and, yeah. they, and it was real. Oh, is that but what it was? No, eight nine hundred pounds. No, that's not that it, big. Of they a pig. determined it was like six something. Oh, Still okay. a monster hog. Yeah. But the real son of Hogzilla, you know, is way bigger than that. Let's see. Yeah, I mean that's a good sized pig, but it ain't. Oh no yeah, that's a monster. Pig, yeah. Um, and that that one, the black one. That one. Yeah. That's son of Hogzilla. Yeah. Pretty sure that's him. That's not even that big. Oh, come on. Of course, I won't be able to blow it up now. Let me see. Um, Maybe. See, that one looks bigger than that one does. Yeah. Check that one. Yeah, that's that, it. That could be. This was like George this, Bull yeah, Hog. Yeah, this pig was like walking around in the yard in the on the side of the road in front of these people's houses. Oh, really? Yeah, and the neighbor called the guy that shot him, and he walked out there and shot him. I mean, that it is took a, a took a tractor with a front end loader to get it back to the house. Jesus. I mean, it's, it's eleven hundred pounds. It's a freaking cow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the stand. Well, the guy's probably yeah. you know, we'll just say five ten or whatever. That thing's got him by three feet. Oh yeah. Oh. Apparently that is now gone. Damn it. Oh well. And that's a and that's a that's you know a wild we'll say. Yeah. Wild. Oh, see, and then there's and then and then there's that guy. Here, let me stand sit here, you know, yeah. fifteen feet behind him and we killed, yeah. you know, a big one. But even then at least they put the the correct weight on it. It's ten fifty one. Son of Hogzilla was eleven hundred. Jesus. That's, yeah. that's the world record. Before that um, I'm pretty sure I want to. I'm pretty sure it's 10:79 was the old record um, at the Bass Pro Shops in Katy in Houston. Like you go in the bathroom and it's a giant picture across the wall over the urinals. Yeah, and it's a picture of the guy with the world record. It was I think it's from Mongolia. It was 10:79. Well, let's see. Here. Let you me know. see if I can find. Well, let's look up world record. World record hog. Record. Hog. Everybody homes now. Like, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Poland, China. That's the largest pig ever recorded. That's not a wild pig either. That's a domestic pig. Oh, for the heaviest pig is held yeah. by a big owner of China. Okay. King Kong hog, make from Russia, makes Hogzilla look like a baby. Yeah, I doubt it. Let's click on it and see what it is. Oh yeah, he's like ten feet behind him too. And his body goes that way. 
If this hog from Russia is real, then it's time to believe in monsters. Yeah. <laughs> That's like putting, getting, you know, putting the phone up next to this bottle. And oh yeah, monster. Oh look at look at this yeah. shit. He's yeah, he's like eight feet behind the pig. Well, you can see in the picture. Look how far back the car is, and he's yeah. next to the car. Right. Compared to the hog, yeah, that's a big hog. Oh yeah, it's probably what three, four hundred pounds. Oh, I bet it's bigger than that. I, I bet so. it's I bet it's five or six even. Well, but still, way. to make the world record hog look like a baby. It would need to be probably double that. Yeah. You know, and the world record is 1,100 pounds. You know, if you're going to be a, a make a hog, make the world record hog of 1,100 pounds look like a baby, you know, it'd be like That's shooting a, big, a freaking buffalo. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, buffalo are basically 1,000 pounds. No, they're, they're, or, two, no, two, wait, yeah, they're, they're over 2,000. I'm looking at all these other numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like a ton. Yeah. And they can move. That's what kills me about big animals like that is that mm-hmm. they can move. And it's like, well, you're not going to run away. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's well, that's just... like a, a, a hog this big. They can run. They can run twice as fast as people. Same as a buffalo. Same as a big giant bear. Oh, we've all seen the videos where they. Uh, we'll just say they strike back. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're showing the pictures of the guy's legs all cut to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gore. Oh, what is this nonsense? <laughs> like the worst Photoshop ever. Wow. <laughs> I'm saving that one. That's and, like the last on. time we saw that picture where that um, snake had that. Um, girl's leg in his mouth. No, which one was that one? That's when you were looking up the rattlesnakes last time. With the, oh yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The anaconda. Look at this giant python. rabbit. Yeah, dude, that's huge. Unless the kid with the thousand pound hog. <laughs> yeah, that's the kid. freaking idiots. <laughs> All right, we'll save that one. We'll put the, this is this is a real picture of a, of an actual rabbit that somebody killed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, twenty two hundred pound rabbit. Yeah. Holy Jesus. Yeah, that's the I think the or the mount of the biggest hog. Animal giants, a roundup of some of the world's biggest. Yeah, I gotta that's what this. that's the biggest largest animals. pig ever recorded. Yeah, it was like twenty five hundred pounds. Deceased and unrecognizable from China. Yeah. It was two point five meters long, had a waistline of two point two three meters, and tusks fourteen point four centimeters. Good lord! Well, the tusks aren't that big. A warthog get bigger than that, but yeah, that's like a freaking buffalo walking around. Yep. <laughs> I'm sometimes or like I'm, a young elephant. <laughs> like, holy some, shit. Sometimes I'm just scared of what's out there. Mm-hmm. It just is scary. It just goes to show you, you can't ever have too big a gun. No, 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 no. Um, too, too big or too many? Too big a gun and you can't have too many bullets. Right. Yeah, don't run out of ammo. And they say you don't need more than three rounds. Get that thing running at you. <laughs> I've seen people have to put seven or eight rounds in a buffalo, or have you watched like the TV shows? Like some guys will put in seven, eight, nine rounds, even ten rounds out of like a four seven seven four or five seventy seven Nitro Express double oh, yeah. rifle. They got to put up to ten rounds in a buffalo before it goes down. Well, they they get hit, and then all of a sudden the adrenaline kicks in, mm-hmm. and then it's all over. You better just start keep shooting just keep shooting until yeah. it falls over because then you don't want to yeah. chase after or you watch thing. guys they'll put four or five rounds into a lion a lion's 500 pounds yeah if it takes five rounds out of you know a six a five or six hundred grain bullet to take a lion down what's it going to do to a 1800 pound buffalo eh, you know or you know a several thousand pound elephant yeah even a headshot it takes more than one well elephant. yeah yeah well, I did. You know, you get these videos where it's charging them, and they take one shot, and they take one shot. Air quotes. 
you know, and it drops. Well, they take that meanwhile, one shot after they already shot it two well, or three times. Well, that or meanwhile, everybody else off to the side of the camera is shooting at the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a damn elephant. Yeah. There's a reason that the guides all carry guns, <laughs> Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. So, let's get back to uh, Texas. So, you're down there. All the pigs scared everything away. Yeah, pretty no much. No deer anywhere. Yeah. Um, the only action we ever saw was just a handful of does in the morning. And there was one really good, old, mature doe I wanted out of the herd. She wasn't breeding anymore. All the younger does had fawns. But this old one, you could tell she was at least several years old. Now, is this a family property then yeah it's my family okay. ranch okay. um you know and she was old and she was big like i almost thought she was like a buck with no horns she was so big like minnesota big yeah pretty close nice um so i wanted to get her out but by the time she can would come into bow range you know they'd take off and like i said they wouldn't of hang course. around for two or three minutes they'd yeah. be eating even in front of the corner in the feeders nothing hmm. you know two or three minutes you know Eating on the very edge, like like 60, 70 yards, you know, right out of bow range. You know, it would be fine if I had a gun. Yeah. We're trying to do it with a bow, and they take off. You know, I'm they're thinking, waiting, okay, they're waiting for the hogs to show up. Yeah, and, well, that's what I'm thinking. Out, like, yeah. and they run off there a couple minutes, and there's got to be hogs coming in. So I'm like, you know, telling the woman, get ready. You know, there's going to be some hogs coming in to scare all the deer off. Get ready. Nothing. You know, and this goes on for four days of nothing like this. You know, and it got to the point where the deer would show up just to where it's bright enough that you can barely see with your naked eye. You, not, you know, don't look by looking through a scope or binoculars. You know, there's this early in the morning. You know, it's not even daybreak yet, really. You know, they'll eat 30, 30 seconds to a minute or two, going, hmm. and you don't see nothing the rest of the day. Was it hot? Was no. it hot outside? No. Okay. You know, I'll say it's hot. You know, normal for eat, South but Texas, but it, you yeah, know, it's yeah. you know, forties and fifties in the you know at night. You know, they love that. You know, 60s, 70s during the day. You know, and then that's you know that's the average weather temps where you see them come out like that last hour before dark or like that first hour after daybreak. But even then, they would come out before daybreak. You know, it's where you could barely see them, you know, and then they're gone. Hmm. And it finally got to the point like, well, I'm just going to drive around the rest of the pasture that I haven't looked at, drive around the backside of the ranch because we haven't hunted over there. There's ponds back there. There's um, where the oil rigs have dug up all these extra dirt, it's just dug this giant trench, almost like a little mini lake back there. Yeah. I'm like, you know, there's water in it after all the rain they've gotten. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm gonna go look back there. But it was so deep and so, you know, steep that, you know, there's no deer gonna get to that. But we have a smaller pond in the far back corner of the ranch. I'm like, well, I've, I know there's deer there. I've seen deer there my entire life. So I drive around the backside of the, you know, the dam of this pond, and as soon as I get to where i can see the water and actually walk get out of the truck and walk to it without walking through the brush all of a sudden i see this pat this group this group of four or five deer running away you know and i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> all course. i see at first is does you know okay this is like 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning so okay they're going to get water you know and all of a sudden i see them you know but through the through the limbs and the brush of the trees i see horns i'm like oh shit nice. so i grab i stop the truck real fast jump out and grab the gun and they stop about 50 yards from me and all i have to shoot through and look through is about this big of an area through the limbs of this mesquite tree oh great it's like for me to you in front of me yeah. and, I'm, and i can't just stand up or kneel down i'm too high or too low so i'm like kind of squatting down like almost like a, a ninja pose almost <laughs> you know and i'm like that's yeah. all i got and i'm like okay i can see the vitals i can see right behind his shoulder so i just shot real quick and they run off so i run over there real quick i see you no track i see the tracks from them but i see no deer shit no blood no hair nothing I'm oh like, no how the hell I'm like did i freaking miss him 
Like my, my, my next my first worry is, did I miss him completely, or did I gut shot him? Right. right. You know, and then thinking he's gonna run two, three miles for a day or two, and then you know, then I maybe find him a couple of days later. Nothing. I'm searching in all different directions. I'm doing full circle patterns all around trying to find this, find some kind of sign. Nothing. So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right. So I jump in the truck. I'm gonna drive around the front side to the main road that runs through my pasture. Maybe I can cut him off coming out of the brush. And I don't know how, or well, I know how now, but at the time, you know, I just start driving and almost ran him over. Like, oh, really? Yeah, 50 yards up this little side of the road from the pond to the main road of the, in my pasture, he's laying on the road. Saved me all the trouble of having to drag perfect. him through the brush and the cactus. Yeah, <laughs> he's laying on the road right in front of me. I'm like, oh, shit, there he is. Yeah. You know, it was a, you know, it's no monster. It's a nice, mature nine-pointer. Just it's oh, I just shot him. Buck I to get out of the yeah. herd, yeah. I saw a picture. It was of pretty. Him. You know, yeah. compared to the monsters, no. You know, but it was a good three and a half-year-old buck. Good to get out of the herd. I don't want yeah. it. I don't want the eights and nines to breed. I want the tens and bigger to breed. Here know. we go with all your with all these Texas guys. Big bucks make we more want, big we bucks. Want, man. We want them tens. Gotta get rid of them eights and nines. Nah, I don't care. Whatever. Big bucks make more big bucks. True. Well, old deer make, you know. Good bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, the young ones that get big, they're gonna pump out them, yeah. pump out them babies uh, pretty fast too. Yeah. Well, there's a whole, you know, it's it that. It's kind of funny, depending on who you talk to, and depending on what you read, and what all this, you know, the whole, what you take out, when you take it out, you know, do you just let everything grow? Because you never yeah. know what it might turn into. Because there's the one guy that he I had that, that one little yeah. spike that turned out to be a big deer at one point. Yeah. You know, but then everybody else is like, yeah, I've been this. proven wrong on that. Yeah. A spike can turn in, blow up into a freaking monster. A six, seven, eight, nine pointer, they can turn around the next year and have 20 something points. Yeah. Like you've seen it happen. You know, I was proven wrong on that. You know, and then deer but, can, they can, they can also get, you know, big at like three. Mm-hmm. And then drop off from there. Yeah. So the guys that are like, well, you know, I'm let him yeah. go till he's four I, and a half or five and a half, and then next I've thing seen, you know, they're yeah. like, well, I don't know what happened. All of a I've sudden, you get smaller. I think that's more of the pressure on the deer, the amount of stress, because whitetail deer, they stress so freaking easy. Well, stress. Like you look at was there a drought? The How yeah. was the food? Yeah. Everything. I think that's know? the biggest factor yeah. in it. How was the winter? Yeah. If they take if if well, it's see, a, if you're looking down there, it's not so much of a winter. You know, it's, no, it's, but still, it's the dry season yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, or it's the wet season. How right. Was it flooded? Was it drought? You know, what are you feeding them? How often are you feeding them? Now, if you see these deer farmers that they're they the um, the pinned up bucks, the breeder bucks, and the breeder yeah. does, they live in this food plot. So that, that's never yeah. going to fact, factor them. Right. Now, when you're having the ranches to where they sell hunts on, you know, it's not these bucks that are put in these pens, you know, their entire life. And okay, tomorrow's opener, let them out. They don't. Right. Do, you know, right they don't right. do that crap. No. You know, contrary to what everybody thinks. Well, Texas. I mean, you go to a ranch, and it can be anywhere mm-hmm. from. Well, they're small ranches, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, they can be. What were we talking about? Was King's Ranch was fifty thousand acres? King or Ranch is King Ranch. 000. No, King Ranch is a million. Oh, is that the million? So yeah, yeah I mean, there's Ox Ranch is eighteen. Triple yeah. Seven's fifteen thousand. My grandparents' ranch is sixty-four hundred. You know. It's all low fenced, you know. Like say, proper management. So, so low fence, which means Free there's range. a fence there, but they yeah. can the jump fence over is there it for the cattle. Yeah, they can the jump deer. over it. We're talking yeah. like barbed wire. Yeah, you know, it's a normal barbed wire yeah. fence. So it's fenced, but it's not. It's just like anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, even at even if it was, you know, a high fence and it's still sixteen thousand acres, it's got its own 
ecological bio or whatever, yeah. you know, system. I try to sound smart. What, what's the proper term for that? What is it? Eco bio something? I don't know. I don't know. It's Their got its, home it's range got its own is smaller life. than these big ass ranches, put it that way. Right. They're right. never even going to see a fence in a lot of cases. Right. You know. Although I'll tell you, it still would be weird for me to go somewhere that's say ten thousand acres, knowing it's a high fence and they can't get out. It would still be kind of weird, just knowing. I mean, I know that it's weird when you think about it sitting here, yeah. yeah. But when you're there, you're not thinking about it at no. all because you're no. looking. Okay, you stay, say you sit up on the roof, giant... on the roof of the house, or on a top yeah. of a hill that overlooks the whole place. You know, it looks like looking at freaking mountains or in the you know, looking out in the open plain right. somewhere. All of this is my land. And can you see a fence? Mm-mm. Right. Yeah. You know. It's not uh, when you can drive 30 seconds and find a fence and then drive yeah. that opposite direction. Yeah, this and isn't find a high fence, fence you know, 50 yeah. acre little plot you know, where you're breeding deer. Right. And you know, these are monster places, you know. And even then, uh, like I say, the lifetime roaming areas of these deer. They typically stay in close b- to about the same areas, yeah. yeah. And I say yeah. the biggest, the big, what people don't think about, the biggest part and the biggest reason, rather, of these high fences is not to keep the deer in is to keep other deer out you know these are specific deer especially these ranches that are high fenced they're selling these hunts like, oh for the know, genetics to yeah. make sure that they, they want don't the, they want pure deer. genetics yeah. and they yeah. say i want like these bucks yeah you know and these does i want these and these deer to breed and i want these deer to produce monster bucks yeah they're you know, farming and, and good fawns yeah it's they're it's farming deer yeah you know in a sense you know but like say it's it's not controlled like a deer farm. You know, they're not doing AI. They're not putting a, a specific buck and doe in a small pen to where only they will breed. Right. You know, they're they're, they're managing deer. the deer on yeah. their property, but they're it's man- not to the point of a trophy it's not strict deer. Like yeah. uh, the but, freak, the freak bucks we say. Yeah, it's you know, strict, it's but not, not in a strict like yeah. say they're like they're breeding cattle or breeding you know pigs and kind of thing. Yeah, you know. That like say that's where the proper management comes in. Yep. Get rid of the crap. Get rid of the old stuff that's not breeding anymore. Take them out to where they can't fight and beat the crap out of the small younger bucks to where they're not even allowed to breed. Right. You know? In some cases they kill them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> and especially oh, yeah. when you get into the Dude, bigger animals I, like elk. Young bucks have a freaking kill each other all the time. Yeah. Young bucks, no matter if, you know whatever horned animal it is. They have a rough go the first few years. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why they get so pissy when they get older. It's like, mm-hmm. I've been through this. And then they look at the new breed, and they're like, you're yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you come over here, I'm going to whoop your ass. Kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. You it's know? like, so, initiation time. <laughs> yeah. But then when you look at the bigger animals like elk, they get they fight to the death all the time. Well, there's so much testosterone. Yeah. So much, you know, so much mass and mm-hmm. antlers and everything just flying all over the place. Yeah. It, well, it's, people don't realize, too, how sharp elk horns are. They're not when they're, they're not rubbing dull. and they're when they're scraping and they're rubbing and you know the two things they're doing when they're rubbing like that when they're in the pre-rut phase like when they're rubbing the crap out of these trees and it's not like a whitetail where there's just a tree or a tree limb like this bit thick no you know, they're, they're walking yeah. up to a, a freaking tree as big as, as thick as us yeah they're taking they're pine trees the out shit out of these things yeah rubbing these things raw down to the freaking core almost you know what they're doing yeah they're sharpening their horns you know they're building up their horns but they're they're working out that's their exercise they're building up their neck muscles you know that they can get ready to fight because they know that every single one of them's going to fight at some point yeah you know and a lot of times it's fight to the death like say you can look at pictures or videos like you can see them on instagram or facebook and youtube you know like somebody killed an elk 
you know but then all of a sudden um when he's getting ready to skin the elk to pack it out all of a sudden he finds a freaking 12 inch horn stuck in the side of his skull yeah there was just uh yeah. just one the other day i saw yeah. on facebook guy pulled it out with a pair of pliers it's a freaking yep. horn like this damn long yeah. sticking out of his head yeah and it was an older yeah. it was an older elk too yeah and he i, I can't was that one like from previous years or was that fresh i can't remember yeah i think it was it was last year year before but I mean, when when he found it in there, was it? Did he think it was oh, from that year? Or was it? I thought it was. I don't know. Okay. Is I would think from the following from the year before. Yeah. Because it would look pretty old. Like it'd been there for a while. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then other times you see them. You see them big son of a guns walking around with arrows stuck in them still. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, I can't tell you how many. Well, even deer. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy, guy capes it out, or the butcher, or whatever, and he's finding arrowheads and yeah. bullet or fragments. Bullets. And, yeah. yeah, they're. That's the one thing. As <laughs> humans, we are so weak. Yeah, we are so well, weak. It's evolution. We get a paper We're cut. We're smart and we as cry. hell compared to all the animals, so our bodies are weaker. Right. And all these animals are stupid. You know, yeah. so they need to be tougher. That's yeah. how they survive. Right. They're, they're. You know, uh, they don't know how to build, and they don't know how to, you know, talk. Yeah. Whatnot. Well, it's survival. Yeah. They eat, they bang, and they survive. Their that's, life that's cycle it. is. Yeah. You know, that's it. Eat, it's, sleep. You know. Yeah. Each sleep shit fuck. That's their whole life. You know? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, um, that's just animals, though. Yeah. And, the, and But, you know, humans, we're soft bulls, just big old... We're soft, like, pillows of just we're, mush. We're emotional. Well, there's that, too, yeah. But, don't yeah. hurt my feelings. Don't... <laughs> safe space. Find my safe space. I'm a fit. <laughs> Don't get me started, Let's man. not go there. Yeah. I try not to get poli- I political. I could go for hours on that yeah. crap. No, as, yeah, humans are just big piles of mush, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't survive more than a year. No. Not, you know, with without tools and all that stuff. It'd be just, no. yeah. No, I, depending on where we are, we wouldn't make it a day. Right. Yeah, people, yeah, it's funny. It's like, oh, I'm tough. Yeah, okay. Well, like, you look at the shows yeah. of, like, the, all these survival experts, like, they go out in the in the woods you know with nothing you know yeah you know now the people that do that they're some of the the best known survival experts in the entire world they're not right. just taking joe schmo or you know that's what these guys do for cities. a living they're not pulling some city idiot out of the twin towers or out of, out of you know new york city yeah and, okay here's that you're in the african bush survive for a month right well, they get that yeah. naked and afraid. Yeah, but even then, they're all accomplished well, you know, survivalists. Well, that, and they've also and got somebody else with them. School. Yeah. And they got somebody else with them. Yeah. yeah. And even then, well, most of them have their own school that they teach survival tips on. Right. You know, they're not just pulling some idiot, you know, out of the <laughs> cubicle somewhere. Go, go three blocks over here, three blocks away from here right yeah. now, grab the first person you see, they're dead within a week. And that's just dumping them off. Even. That's dumping them off into the Chippewa National Forest in mm-hmm. Minnesota. They're dead. <laughs> first first dangerous animal they come across they try to climb a tree oh it's a bear sorry yeah, you're still screwed right you're you. still screwed or i'm gonna outrun a wolf yeah good luck with that yeah well they wouldn't be able to make a fire and then they die of probably some sort of poisoning in the they water get hypothermia one night because they yeah. wouldn't have anything well even in the summertime well, we'll just say in the summertime well whatever it is yeah but Here yeah, it wouldn't be die. so much of, of you know hyperthermia. They would die of dehydration. Yeah, because they well they would probably die of dehydration because they drink some water that they couldn't purify, because they couldn't build a well, fire that would you know they couldn't so they, they couldn't boil freaking, it out. You know, so they'd get they'd, the, they'd, they'd, they'd get they'd the diarrhea. Die yeah. yeah, yeah. So they'd die. Yeah, because humans are soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> humans are soft. So what else did you do down there when you were? In- 
Visit family. Yeah. Hunt. Anybody else get anything? One. No. Just you. You and your one lonely deer. Yep. Oh well. Yeah, and I was, we were hoping for some hogs, but was, you know, of all the animals that you can hunt, I would say they're one of the smartest. You know, they're not. Well, are they smart? Or are they just? <laughs> they can adapt really easy. There. Yeah. You know, but it takes a smart individual to do that. You know, well, I've yeah. seen. I've and it's no freaking joke. I've seen where we used to trap these hogs, and you know, they'd be big enough. You know. A little bigger than table, close to this room size, you know, and you have one big giant sliding door. I've seen it to where, um, like say the the trap door or the kill switch, you know, be a cable running across. So mm-hmm. as soon as they hit it to go to the food, you know, door slams on them. Right. I've actually seen it. I I kid you not. I've seen to where they would be the big sliding door coming down. I've seen a big sow. She would come and stand in the doorway of the gate. And she would let all the pigs come and eat every all the corn and all the sour corn we have in there. That gate would slam down on the pig's back, and she would stay there. All the freaking piglets and everything would eat everything out there, and then she just once they all left, she would back right out. Really? Yeah. So trap is set. You know, thinking, okay, trap's set. You know, doors down, you nothing in there. Go out there, and it's all all the food's yeah. gone. Doors gone. You know, I'm thinking, you know, and we were thinking, like, how the hell is this happening? And we put out trail cams, and we would see this. I'm like, that is freaking crazy. Really? Yeah. All right, so I guess pigs are smarter than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you know, now we're coming mm-hmm. out with better traps and one for them. There's yeah. some really cool traps out there now, and they, they are so freaking big. It's almost like cattle pens. Well, yeah, they're they're like thirty feet across or whatever. Yeah, or sometimes bigger. How do those work? The ones that are just the big circles. Um, they kind of like just keep walking slide. around. Type it's, of thing. it's on a it's on a angling slide. So as soon as they get so many pigs in there, I guess that they want, they can either set it off remotely, or I think I think that's how they would do it. Oh, like, okay. I haven't watched. So them. there's a camera there watching. Yeah, and they go, there's All like right, trail we got thirty cams pigs or motion or sensor cameras and everything. Okay, there's a whole bunch of pigs in there. They can just hit a remote button and the whole thing slides down. It's not a straight down. There's like slides on them. It's like it, it turns almost like a bottle top. It slides down. But, yeah. you know, these things are so big, they can be, 20, like, say, 20, 30 hogs in there. They're all caught. Nice. Yeah. Because hmm. I've seen them. I've just never seen how they actually work. Yeah. I've, never, I've seen them set, but I've, yeah. I like somebody set them. But, you know, I would think, you know, somebody's setting it off themselves by remote. Yeah. Cause, I mean, Otherwise, you wouldn't know. It, would, it wouldn't know when it's full. No. Because it, it's wide open underneath, you know, so they can come yeah. in from any direction. It's not like they have a doorway they have to come in this way. In, oh, so it kind of just, it's uh, it's above the ground. And yeah, it sits so off of the ground as soon as, oh. you know, whenever they set it, the whole thing drops. Okay. You know? And hopefully that one big pig isn't standing underneath it, so it lets everybody else Well, out. this thing's big enough. <laughs> it would it would probably push them down or break something. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Pigs are, I don't know. I still don't want to call them smart. But hey, whatever. They can be. Yeah. Let's see. Let's check to see what we got for questions on Texas and whatnot. Um, yeah, I put out something on nobody's. Everybody's liking it, but nobody's asking questions. <laughs> right. Well, I got some here on the page. Let's see. I can. Dusty Ramsey. He's uh he's like my intern Tony. But he's on the Midwest uh, Midwest Angler podcast. He's like their intern, oh, okay. Tony, kind of their whooping boy. Yeah, that's right, Dusty. I said it. <laughs> um, I can tell you one thing: hunting in Texas is. I think he's from Texas, as a matter of fact. Um, hunting in Texas is completely different from hunting in Iowa. Well, duh, 
There's stuff that can kill you in Texas. Uh, I grew up hunting in Texas most of my life. Maybe have him give his take on deer feeders. I'm guessing, like, are you for or against? They work. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they work. Problem is, they work too well. They get all the pigs in there too. Well, yes and no, because yeah. there's other places where you've seen, like, you know, like it's like like an old man. It all he doesn't even hunt. You know, eighty something year old man retired. You know, but he's got cattle on his ranch, and then the pigs and the hogs are coming in there and they're killing his cattle. You know. And he would, you know, have me and my brother come over and we'd kill all the hogs for him. Yeah. You know, there's no feeders there. There's not, there's no, they don't even hunt. This old man, all he does is drink his coffee on the front porch and goes to town and drinks more coffee and then eats and goes home and drinks more coffee. Yeah. You know? It would, um, if you couldn't use feeders in Texas, would it be kind of like bear hunting without bait? Or 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 would deer kind? Of, would you be able to hunt them just like normal? Figure out a way to find them, and you would. Whatnot. I mean, when it's proven, you can you can hunt without without a feeder. You know. Yeah. You know, or hunt without a food plot. Yeah. Now, granted, there's not going to be as many deer shot, and there won't be as many big deer shot. There still be hunting, and there'll still be deer killed. You know. It just wouldn't be in many. the numbers because it's yeah. not okay. Would it be like a dramatic drop? Like if they said no maybe feeders, first, no feeders. Maybe at first okay. it would be a pretty dramatic drop. I mean, after a few years, I think of people getting used to it. Yeah. You know, they'd yeah, actually they'd it actually would, get out and start get uh, back up. They'd get out and start scouting a little bit, and not just well, set the feeders up. And it's not even that there was you know scout more because it's a You'd completely be different yeah. style of hunting down there than it is up here. Well. I mean, we don't have feeders. We've got more. Okay, well, you know. put it this way: it's comparable to bear bait. Yeah, and you're scouting your area for bears. You're looking at travel areas. You're looking at funnels areas. You're looking for their where they bed, where they eat, where they get water. Same thing you're doing with deer, you know. But with the deer feeders, you know, same thing with bear feeders. Okay, this is probably the best area. This is where he travels through daily. I'm gonna put my feeder here. I want him to stop and eat food here for me, you know, so I can kill him. You know, it's the same idea and the same concept with deer. You know, now granted everybody's got private land, so they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not doing it. You know, like on public land, like here. Now, granted, yeah, you can do it on the public land down there. People forget there's a million acres of, of still public land in Texas. Which is funny because everybody's like, oh, it's like 199 percent of Texas is all private. Ninety five, ninety five, yeah. But it's still a million, which is more than all of Minnesota, probably. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But like I said, the first time it's it's not just deer. It's some of it's, some of it's exotics. Some is deer. Some is deer and turkey. Some is everything. Right. Some is only waterfowl. Some is only upland birds like dove and quail. You know, some is only goose hunting. Some is only duck hunting. You know, it's a mixture of everything. I think my problem is is like when it comes to you know looking at Texas deer hunting, it's like okay, so you know it's like what you see on TV. Senderos and just a bunch of scrub brush and you got a lane cut and here and you got a lane cut there and there and there. But it's not like that all over the place. Not everywhere. Right. No. I mean, you've got you've got. Well, your, when you're seeing the senderos like that and the long that, cut out lines, that's the southern part of the state. Right. That's where it's super thick mesquite trees and mesquite bush and cactus everywhere. You know, you're in the hill country. There's, there's almost no mesquite. There's almost no cactus. It's it's a small mountain range. They call it the hill country. Yeah. You know, but it's small. It's a small mountain range. You know, it's white gravel. It's these super thick ass thorn bushes, and they'll 
it's almost like little mini African acacia bushes. Oh god, yeah, these freaking—they're not big thorns, but they're freaking. I ran into those man. in Wisconsin. Those things suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now imagine being so thick you can't even walk through it. Yeah. You know. Now is there like in the hill country? Is there like forests like Minnesota? You know, up north. Like all the pine stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's East Texas. Okay. You know, let's say we have Lake of the Woods here. Texas has Lake of the Pines. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. East Texas, the the farther you get towards Louisiana, it's super thick, super green. It's like this year round. You know, even in the droughts, it's pines. It's still freaking green as hell. So that's more like Minnesota hunting over there. Yeah. Now, granted, it's still private. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, but it's like, it's comparable to here. Pine trees everywhere few oaks in there just a little bit but it's many all pines in the in the far eastern part of the state it's just such a it's so i think the problem is that it's so big and there's so many different types of areas yeah you know you got your deserts you you got your greens it's it's hard to just kind of try to label texas as one style of hunting because what what, what do you see on tv you know what do you see on tv you see the sendero shit other than that you don't ever see anybody else doing anything because it well like i said before it's like most of the time when they're hunting there unless they name off a specific ranch that they're at like we're at the the stone creek ranch or we're keith warren's texas hidden springs ranch you know that's like 45 minutes from me that's where i grew up from oh yeah you know and that's even a different style of hunting. In that small area, it's freaking sand, like beach sand almost. Really? And almost nothing grows there. And there's yeah. deer running around there. There's deer there, but there wasn't that there's never been that many. Yeah. You know, but Keith Warren went in there, he bought a ranch, you know, he high fenced it and he started deer farming. That's what he wanted to do. You know, now he breeds deer, but he also, you know, has his deer hunting side of it too. He mm. sells hunts. And there's freaking monsters in there now. Yeah. You know, now granted he feeds um I don't know if he does food plots or not, but he, I know he does protein pellets. He feeds that record rack feed. Oh, okay. You know, there's a reason they call it record rack. Yeah. They, they produce record yeah. size of freaking horns. It's the kind of deer you look at and you go, okay, now do I eat this thing? Is it safe? Or am I going to all of a you sudden know, be like, the next you know, day? <laughs> granted, yeah. But see, and it's not just you know a giant set of horns on a tiny little freaking body. Yeah. Right. He's actually know. got big Yeah, they're body big body deer. deer. Okay. There's 220 pound deer on these ranches. Oh, okay. Know. These deer that are sit, you know, that live on these food plots from these ranches or get protein pellets, this freaking big ass deer deer i mean it looks like something like shot a buck out of saskatchewan so they might not pass a drug test (laughs) i don't know i've never piss tested deer but but that's what's cool so cool about it there's so much different styles of hunting yeah you know you can go hunt the cinderos like you see on tv you can go hunt a small mountain range you know you know the deer are smaller they used to well they used to be but now there's you know the food the food um, the food plot craze has gotten so big you know protein pellets if they don't feel them do the food plots you know those big ass deer everywhere well they're now. getting nutrition that they tip they naturally wouldn't yeah. so yeah they're not going to grow big unless yeah. all of a sudden they're getting all that so yeah like yeah. like I said it's just such a big state that there's so many different mm-hmm. and you, types and, of areas yeah. there that it's See, like there's yeah you, you know, know you can hunt super you thick you, you know mesquite and cactus and stuff you can hunt a small mountain range of, of thorns and stuff yeah. and oak and you know you can go to east texas you can hunt like here and then thick ass pines everywhere yeah. you can go to the panhandle it's all farm country there you're hunting flat land you know if like you, iowa yeah okay like you better be a badass shot you better be comfortable taking you know four or five hundred yard shot or if you're wanting to do like cameron haynes where you want to sneak up on a freaking deer 25 yards with a bow you got to be a pretty sneaky son of a gun yeah well it's cam haynes big shout out to cam haynes yeah (laughs) what kind of crops do they have everything just whatever corn and soybeans and all that stuff okay yeah corn soy um all different kinds of beans wheat 
you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember wheat's big. Oh, yeah. Budweiser's from Houston. Oh, I suppose, yeah. They, they grow a little bit of wheat down there. Mm-hmm. But that's only a small percentage of, of acreage of Texas because it's the yeah. size of the entire country. Yeah. Well, see, most of the panhandle you know, is farm. Yeah. It's almost all flat up there. You know, but then again, you want desert, go out west. You know, yeah, and then when you do that, you're yep. getting away from whitetails. You're actually getting into more mule deer. You know, you can go mule deer hunting out there. Hmm. You know, and a lot of these bigger, these big giant ranches out in the west in the desert, and um, it's not just mule deer. They've got all dead sheep out there. You know, or Barbary sheep, some call it. Yeah. You know, it's mountain and mountainous animals. Put it that way. Are those are those free ranging or are those out there? It's free ranging. Free ranging. Yeah. Okay. Of course, yeah. they were brought over here at some point by us, but yeah. Yeah, now they're free-ranging. Okay. Some of it is. And like I said before, there's still free-ranging roaming elk herds out there, too. Hmm. You know, it's pr- pretty much the same as hunting out west in the Rocky Mountains. I got to start going to walk Texas. a lot. Yeah. You're going to put some miles on your feet. I got to start going there. Not, not necessarily even just to hunt. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go down around. and hunt. But just go explore and go, fi- you know, find these different areas. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's... It's almost one of these states, well, it is one of these states, one of the few, if not kind of the only state, the lower 48, that has so many different it's types so many different of environments. Air, yeah. yeah, so short many different of, environments. Everything is yeah. in Texas short of a rainforest. Yeah, I mean, Nevada is just dry. New Mexico is dry. Yeah, Arizona, yeah, same desert. thing. Arizona's green. Yeah. Some parts green and some parts. Yeah. Louisiana's just a big Cactus swamp. Desert. Yeah. <laughs> Florida is. Yeah, you know, so you got your, yeah. you know, you got your green, but it's just kind of in the middle of everything because mm-hmm. you got Mexico to the south. So well, it's pretty just, much like that's why you can just you can still consider Texas its own country. Pretty much. You know? All you would take all of the other lower forty-eight to have all of the features that Texas has. Yeah. You know, yeah. major cities, desert. Flat farmland, the mountains, you know, you know. There's no ten thousand foot mountains, I don't think, you know. But there are some big mountains, like the farther west you go towards New Mexico, yeah. you're getting some pretty big mountains. Well, hell, Texas is so big, it's probably running into the Rockies. So, yeah, the southern end of the Rockies is over there. Yeah, see, yeah, it's just huge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's almost it's hard to grasp. Yeah, it's hard to grasp sometimes, like how big oh, it is. I've driven the east. East border to west border from Beaumont to El Paso. I've made that drive and Amarillo, which isn't even on the border. There's still like an hour and a half to the freaking state line yeah. down to, uh, close to Brownsville. It's a long ass drive. How many hours? Beaumont to El Paso, I think, was 17 hours. 17. Okay. Yeah. So 17 hours. And so for me to drive from here, from Minneapolis, we'll say, down to Louisville was 10. Mm-hmm. So I can drive from here to Louisville and back almost, almost, almost the same, almost the same time door, to go across yeah. the state of Texas. From my front door <laughs> That's how big it is. up north to Nuts. my mom's front door east of San Antonio, it's like 22 hours of driving. You know, almost clear across the country, straight, straight off 35 almost. Yeah. But almost that is Texas alone. Yeah. That's yeah. how big it is. It's like, yeah, you know, 10 hours we'll get to Texas and then it's another mm-hmm. 10 hours to, to mom's house yeah <laughs> well it's like I remember when I when I was in the military when I was first reporting for duty to, and I was stationed in Colorado I drove 8 hours um, to Lubbock and I still had like 6 hours to go <laughs> and you didn't even change states no <laughs> meanwhile Minnesota I think it's what 4 to the border mm-hmm. to South Dakota 6 to Lake of the Woods yeah, yeah from so, here so, yeah. so basically it's about Eight hours from no- the north to the south. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, Texas, you're still driving another 10 hours to get across the state. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Yeah. But then, too, it's still nice to get out and do other things, you know, because, like, you're not true Rocky Mountain hunting. You're not. It's not like you're in Colorado or Idaho. Right. You know, kind of thing. I love that style of hunting too. You know, like especially like out out west, you go elk hunting. I'm too fat for all awesome. that. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. Okay. You don't have to go I'm too the out 10, of shape 000, for that shit. You don't have to climb the ten thousand foot mountains with me. You can hang out in the five to six thousand foot mountains, and there's plenty. You got a of horse I can there. hop on the back of. You can rent horses. All right, cool. You can rent freaking llamas that. out there. Some from llama. Yeah. Um, what's his name? He's from Minnesota. So, Randy Newberg. Randy Newberg. Yeah, shout out to Randy. Big um, shout out to he, Randy Newberg. He's from Big Falls. I yeah, think. It's somewhere. He's I from know. Big Falls. He lives in Montana now, but all his family's still here. Um, but he's you know a huge elk guy now. Yeah, he lives in yeah, Montana, yeah. but he comes here all the, comes back home all the time. That's what he did um, for several shows last few seasons on his. Um, Don't tell show. me he was riding on the back of a llama. No, you can't ride him. But oh, you know, he, well, he's, I want to ride him five or six llamas. Oh, to carry all the stuff. Yeah, to carry oh, stuff. Yeah, I mean we're too big well, for a llama. <laughs> I'm damn near too big for a horse. But that's just, just get me. a bigger horse. <laughs> do they allow? Do they allow Clydesdales? <laughs> I would think if you got them. That's funny. I still. I just Let's want see. a Clydesdale. Period. Big shout out to Randy Newberg. Hunt Talk Radio is the name of his podcast. Go ahead and give it a listen. Hunt Talk Radio. Yep, it's a good one. Um, If you want to learn elk hunting, I mean, I can tell you what I know, but it's still nowhere close to somebody like that. I mean, the guy's been hunting elk 20, 30 years, and even him, he'll tell you, too, what he knows is nothing compared to some of these other guys. Yeah. Well, and he does a lot of most. Well, doesn't he do most or all of his on public land, too? You know, he is only public yeah, land. Only pu- I thought the so. only okay. private land that he does is the 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 private land hunts in New Mexico, and it's not because he goes to these private lands to get you know permission to hunt these. And it's ninety nine percent of the time it's pronghorn hunting in New Mexico. That's just the way the state sets that up. And anybody can do this, by the way. It's not just only he or do it. You have to get special permission or pay a shit ton of money to do it. No. The way the draw set up for pronghorns in New Mexico, they sell or they give out so many tags from these private ranches. You know, like say, say you and me have ranches together. Well, yours is bigger. And you might have a better um, herd population, so they might give out four tags for yours, and they might give out th- two or three for mine. Oh, you know, okay. Kind of thing. Yep, yep. You know, you're hunting it like it's public land, but it is private. Yeah. They're fenced up lands. Like I say, it's not high fenced. You know. So are you applying for this? this you're, so you're somebody applying applies for from, this area oh, okay. for this unit. Okay. So Same somebody applies would, to yeah. hunt my land, and, and yeah. Then, okay. And for New Mexico, for the pronghorn hunting, you're applying for that unit. That ranch has a unit number. Okay. Same thing as you're doing here for bear. You know, or out west for the elk tags, you know. Hmm. You know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole another world of freaking hunting out there out west, too. Well, you know, the problem with here's the problem that we have as outdoorsmen there's too much shit to do. We'll never be able to do it all. No. You know, but that's I the mean, beauty of it. Yeah. There's always something else to do. Uh, it's like, I, what I'm kind of starting to do is like this year, I'm, I'm going to be hunting bear. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, so what do I want to do next year? Where do are you going to look for bear hunting at? I'm up north. I got a buddy that's already got it all set up. I'm guaranteed a tag. I should have been doing it last year, but he couldn't do it for oh, me. Oh, so you're hunting private land? Um, it's, it's public. I think it's public, but it's like he's the only one that does it up there or something. I think like he sells something, hunts? Something like that. Yeah. yeah he's a guide. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so you're paying for hunt. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting a guide tag. 
Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way, That's you know, like I say, that's the way they do it out west yeah. for elk. Um, you still have to draw. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm apply, I applied for that area. Yeah. Whatever But it if is. you're getting it through him, so, then that's, that's. No, I'm not getting it through him. He's just, the, I'm just hunting through him. The tag yeah. doesn't have anything to do with him. Did I'm applying through the state. Did you put his name on it, though? No, or did no, he no, put no. his name on it? No, hmm. no. No, I just applied okay. for that area. And then he's one of the guides in that area. Okay. So, but, uh, but yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, so what do I do next year? You know, this year's bear, next year. Because whitetail, like, I'm almost kind of over whitetail. Like, I'll go hunt it during the gun well, season. Let's see the beauty about whitetails, too. It's like, yeah, you're doing the same thing a lot, but you can go to new areas to do it. Yeah. And different yeah. different terrains to do it. And then your whole strategy has to change. Yeah. You know, hunting the mountains, you know, like, say, hunting a Montana whitetail, it ain't nothing like hunting a South Texas whitetail. Oh, no, no. no. Well, hunting Wisconsin deer isn't like hunting Minnesota deer either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're completely different deer. But for me, it's like, what other animals can I go hunt? So bear this year, it's like oh, next man. year I've, I've either got um, antelope or it's going to be mule deer. I don't know yet. No clue. I'm going to pick one of the two, figure it out from there. If you want to do pronghorns, so. I can set you up on a badass pronghorn hunt. Where? New Mexico. Hmm. It's a hell of a drive. It's worth it. Could be. You got it like a like ninety percent of the bucks of pronghorn bucks you would yeah. see are Boone and Crockett. Are they guaranteed? Do I get do I get a tag or do I have to apply? It's um. And how much is you the have tag? to you have to draw for it, but it's, it's a landowner tag. Yeah. Because you hunt um. It's you know yeah say it's a landowner tag so you're almost guaranteed the tag. Okay. Like ninety five percent kind of thing, you know. Hmm. How much is a tag? Is it one of these ex- what they are stupid, ex- expensive things like no. four hundred bucks? Because no, I'm talking like, like going. Tag. I'm talking like just getting in a truck, driving west somewhere, and doing a. Public if you want to do something close, like go to Wyoming, or, you know, something like that. Go to Wyoming. I think that's what my buddy mentioned. Yeah, Wyoming has like Eastern some of the best Wyoming. pronghorn. Yeah, some yeah. of the best public land pronghorns, and there is, and like you look at certain areas too, you know, like the most Boone and Crockett bucks of pronghorns are from these like two or three units and it's freaking everywhere hmm. and there's monster pronghorns everywhere now yeah you got to draw for it yeah you know what everybody fails to mention think about it, though is because you're hunting right off the highway i just drive around to you see yeah like you're say you walk park, 50 yeah. feet and no, there. well say like you park your truck you know and you walk 100 yards away from the truck and you're looking you know at the hill at the hillside and there's freaking pronghorns everywhere but half a mile behind you is the interstate. <laughs> Sounds like Disney World. Yeah, like you're, hun- you're hunting World, like a, you're hunting like a half a mile or less mm. off the freaking interstate, and people going by all damn day. Yeah, you know, but the pronghorns don't care. Well, um, well, like the deer here, they don't care. They no, eat on the side of the road. Don't, yeah. You know, well, they're on the side the, of the road because all the hunters are in, inside the woods. Yeah, <laughs> and but then everybody's the, like, "Where but, are the deer?" But see, that's the beauty about the yeah. units like that. You know, you can there's Boone and Crockett antelope shot within. You know, on arms throwing distance of the highway sometimes. That's crazy. It's freaking monsters out there. Antelope are weird though, because like sometimes they they don't care. It just seems like you know just watching stuff and seeing mm-hmm. things. It's just like they don't care, or well, they're, they're, or they're used to it, or they're the most paranoid thing on the face of the planet. I think I, yeah, that, that depends on where you are. I think. Well, yeah, so where you are, how much pressure they have and whatnot. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I don't know if it's gonna be antelope or if it's gonna be mule deer. So, not sure yet. It'll be a flip of the coin type of thing and see where I kind of see what, uh, who wants to go with. 
If now, we are you going to want a bow hunt or are you going to want a gun hunt? I don't know yet. I think it, I think that'll depend on where I go. Because it's like if I go somewhere that's really wide open, I'm not going to try to spot and stalk a antelope from 300 yards. You're not yards. going to. Yeah, no, no. It's, like, it's possible, is there, is but there, you're going to need a are lot. Are there water holes that we can hunt over? You're going to want to hunt yeah. over a water hole if you're yeah. going to bow hunt, but it is insanely hard to stalk a pronghorn. Oh, yeah. Especially on flat land. Like, you got to be freaking yeah. ghillie suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Up, and know? have a good wind. Now, if you're sleeping. Yeah. Now, if you're doing it with thick brush and there's a few trees here and there that you can sneak and hide behind, yeah, it's possible. People do it every year. But like I say, it's not just flat open land. You know? Right. Otherwise, you know, get your pop-up blind, sit over a water hole, and just wait for them to come to you. Cook your ass off all day in a 95-degree... Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're hunting in the heat of the... Bring, bring yeah, the you're hunting bring, in the hot time of the year. Bring the portable air conditioner buzzing in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be that or muley. Not sure yet. Don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. Have you thought about where you want to go? Just out of Minnesota, just west somewhere. We'll just say west slash southwest of Minnesota, or hell, east. I don't care. Don't matter. Wherever they are. Well, pronghorns and muleys are west. I haven't. I haven't put that much thought into it yet. I'm just like, yeah. I think uh, it was it was literally like an idea I had like a month ago because I was talking with the bear and and then I'm like okay you know I think I well, just want to start doing can, different you can stuff. Be as close as the Dakotas, yeah, for both of those, you know, and there are some really good hunting out there, but like I say, I think with the Dakotas, the problem you've run into is like you have here, there's so many people hunting. Yeah, well, I've already kind of, I mean, unless somebody. Hey, if, if anybody out in the Dakotas wants to help a brother out. Um, otherwise, I was already kind of, yeah, yeah, past like the say, Dakotas in, type of thing anyway. So. Yeah, if you're going to do that, just keep going. Yeah. Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. Idaho's freaking awesome. I mean, I'm already driving, so I might as well just keep driving. Yeah. Take a week off. And, then, and it's like I say, that's why I love those states like Idaho. There's so many over-the-counter tags for different species there. Really? It's not just elk. Yeah. You can buy an over-the-counter deer tag. Uh, elk tags and there's like 90 units in Idaho alone that's got over-the-counter elk tags. We shouldn't be telling everybody about this. There's no secret to it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know in, uh, All the really, that, really, really good areas, yeah, though. Anybody aren't, aren't that wants that to know about hunting out west for deer, pronghorns, for mount, for bighorn sheep, for mountain goats, for elk, bears, um, the one I use is Go Hunt Insider. You got to pay for it, you know. But it is freaking worth it. It's so, a yearly subscription. They lay out everything for you. They lay out all the ta- all the tags of what unit, how many, the draw odds, the bull to cow ratio or buck doe ratio, you know, the, your potential of what scores you can get if you if scores a big thing to you, you know, you can look at all this stuff up long before you even go anywhere, you know, and it's, so, it's connected to the satellite maps you can up to Google. You said Go Hunt Insider. Yeah, yeah just search Go Hunt uh, Insider. Insider. I know this is yeah. going to be exciting for everybody at home, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Hunting it's research. It's like 100 to $150 for a year. Okay. But so And then they they yeah. help you get go to hunt, go yeah. on hunts and stuff. Everything is on there. There's tips. Oh, okay. you, you, they have their own shopping thing on there. You, um, if you sign up and... Um, Randy Newberg puts out stuff all the time for like a promo code. You get so much off the subscription price or you get like $50 in store credit. Yeah, like see all the western states and all the mountains, and they give you draw odds for all the animals you can hunt. Oh, okay. You know, they'll mm. tell you which unit is what. Like, they'll t- they break every single unit down in on all the states like that. 
Let's see how far away. Oh, oh. Yeah, I mean they do Reno. All of the data. Heck, I can stay there for free. Yeah. Like now, like, if you want to draw an elk see. tag in, in Nevada, you're gonna be putting in for a few years. Oh yeah. Pyramid yeah. Lake. Yeah, I've, I've fished right here before. Pyramid yeah. Lake. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. there's big giant bull shot in Nevada every year. Yeah, because they don't like, let anybody hunt there. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I couldn't tell you much about California. I've never even looked at the draw odds for that. I have no interest in hunting California, to be honest with you. Um, no, I don't. Well, yeah. I, I, what's in California besides, uh, well, there's deer. There's, there's, deer, there's deer. There's mule deer. There's elk. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. I just never... No. I never hear about anybody the really going and hunting up, in California. I could give people information on Montana because a few guys I served in the army with, they're from Montana, and, they, and real one a good brother of mine, brother from another mother. Um, he's from Great Falls. You know, he shoots monster bulls, monster bears, monster bucks every single year. Hmm. You know, he could tell you about uh, Montana better than anybody else I know. You know, all my research has gone into Idaho. Interesting. Like, I'm a big fan of Idaho hunting. All right, so Go Hunt is getting a bookmark. Bam. I'll check yeah. that out later. Anybody else, look that, look that website up. There's a ton of information on all You affiliated with them at all, or you just... No. They don't pay through. me. I'm okay. not sponsored by them. Okay. I wish. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, he still wouldn't get any hunts for free. No, nah, you don't get hunts for free. <laughs> give me a discount on subscription. That's right, right. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, just give me a free subscription. Yeah. I'll pimp the heck out of you. This is the best one I've seen as far as like that and they look and they break down like all that unit areas like what you're hunting they they um they look up past years of information like you know burns in all these units you know forest fires oh yeah 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 you yep. know yep. and that is what you want to focus on in your elk and mule deer hunting is the burns well let me guess you get a burn burn burns then, all the crap out and then you and get fresh that new, new vegetation growth. grows in and all the yeah. new undergrowth comes in that is where you're going to find most of your elk and most of your mule deer. Yep. White tails too, but you know there's not as many white tails out there west like that. There's more mule deer than white tails a lot. But the elk, anybody that wants to do the elk hunting out west, it doesn't matter if you're in a draw unit or the counter unit. If there's a burn within, I think, well, I would say preference for me was within four or five years or less or newer. But it mainly just depends on what's available and where you're hunting. You know, like say if you're in a unit to where there's no burns around you, you know, within 30 square miles, and but this one burn is, you know, 10, 12 years old, well, that's going to still be the best because it's the newest. Yeah. You know, now, now if I'm in this unit over here where there's four or five burns, one's from 2018, one's from 2017, from 16, 15, yeah. you know, they can still be in all of them, but Dude, they're most likely going to, a lot of them are going to be in that newer stuff. That's cool that they actually go that yeah. deep into Yeah, they go into that, a lot of detail for the, all, every single unit. That's they cool. Can, they pull up, you know, you can look up where springs are, you can look up, you know, water, you can look up lakes, you can look up the trails. They even give you like the, um, the elevation markers for the trails that you can walk on. Oh yeah, you know they mm. they mark areas what's the farthest from the roads or what's from human traffic kind of thing. You know they can mark all that stuff nice. out. Well, I suppose you know if they give you as much information mm -hmm. as you possibly can, you go out mm -hmm. use their service. They're successful. You're going to come back. 
So might as well yeah. put in the time and give people as much as they yeah. can. So. It's worth it. That's cool. Yeah, I'll check them out for sure. And there's other websites to do it, and they're really good. Like, yeah. um, well, I know like Cabela's has that, and there's some, you know, a bunch outs, of, but um, a lot of those things they're so expensive. Yeah, just to be. Well, in there's the a club. few free sites to do it. Yeah. You know that you can look up so much for free. You know, but if you want to do all the other details and the best stuff you can, you got to pay for it. Right. Like outside analytics, I think that's what it's called. Like. I found them on Instagram. Yeah. You know, and you can look up a lot of the burns and like that and a lot of public roads and stuff like that and a lot of uh, marked off areas for private land and for um what is it? I'm drawing a blank. Um all the forest service where they cut all the trees down. Like oh logging? Yeah, log, logging all the logging yep, all yep. logging services. You yep. know, all that's gonna be fresh. That's gonna be good areas too. Oh yeah. To yep. hunt. Uh they put up all that information nice. on their sites. Well, you know, and there's a lot of them, but the best one I've seen is Go Hunt. Like yeah. They put out everything. That's cool. Well, I'll, you know, yeah, I'll, uh, and like there's the people that do it and that run it. That's their full time job is this website, and they're always looking up new information and new stuff to put out on there. Like say they've got the shopping thing that you can you know buy gear from them. You know, well, and they yeah. don't just put crap on their website either. I mean, you're buying the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like let's say they see. do the tags. Let's you can here. do um, articles and Our stuff. Rests. Yeah. Got- do they have the good stuff? I'm looking for a specific company. Nope. They got nothing but crap. It's all crap. No vapor trail. It's all crap. I'm not gonna put every <laughs> <I'm> company kidding. <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Yeah. It's cool that they got that too. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leica. That's yeah. high end. Yeah. They got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I'll check that out later. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but we'll figure it out. So, um, If you're looking at price, I would say look at like a mule deer hunt out west. Because the biggest thing is the biggest um, money factor for you besides gas yeah. and food is going to be your tag. Well, that's why I'm, gonna that's why I'm not looking tag. at elk right now. <laughs> well, see, and Depending that depends on, on what yeah. state, too. Yeah. Uh, Montana is the most expensive elk tag for non-residents. It's like $860. Yeah, it's ridiculous. For non-residents. Now, if you want to get an elk and deer combo, it's over $1,000. Yeah, it's like no $1,001 for the elk deer combo in Montana. But you go keep going to Idaho, it's it's less than half that. It's like four sixteen and a quarter for, for Idaho for a non-resident elk tag. Yeah. Colorado, I think, is about the same. If not, I don't remember. I have to look it up. Colorado's is a lot lower priced um, elk tag for non-residents. And like I say Colorado's like Idaho. There's a whole bunch of over-the-counter units. Hmm. You know, Colorado has the largest elk herd in the world. You know, there's Colorado does. Yeah, really? there's over a quarter million elk in Colorado alone. Huh. You know, you'd think it'd be Montana because it's so so much bigger. But I guess it's. Kind of like Texas, you got your different areas, so elk might yeah. not be in the eastern half as much as it is in the western half. And yeah. So on and um, so forth. But you got to think, too, half of Montana's flat farmland. Right. You know, Colorado was too, but it's not as much. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Colorado has the largest elk herd, huh. elk population in the world. Um, well, they must be doing something right then. Yeah. Well, see, like the best areas, like any other state, there's the draw units. You know, you're not going to. 99% of the time, you're not going to walk in an over-the-counter unit and shoot a 400-inch bull. <laughs> it happens. You're not? You know, oh, come it, on. Now, it happens every so often. That's how it is on TV. Somebody shoots a Boone and Crockett bull. That's how it is on TV. You know? What are you talking about? They yeah. always, they always no. shoot them big ones. Yes. 
And sometimes it is on on and they're public paying land. For it. Well, see, it's the thing that they don't say and don't mention on these shows, they're hunting public land, but this public land is surrounded by private. Right. So you have to pay a trespassing fee to yep. get to that public. Yeah. You know. Well, that's because they pretty that, much call it private. And land. that's because of the checkerboard. There are all these different. Yeah. You know, when they were setting yeah. up these plots of land, I mean, it's a checkerboard. Yeah. And even this, with this, that, you have yeah. to look at the the rules that each state puts out. You know, sometimes you can cross right at that corner where these checkerboards come out. Other times you can't. Nope. And like you and can't that, even walk through it. I listening to I don't know, was it Renella's? They were talking about that. Um what state was that? Was it Montana? It might have been Montana they were talking about. But there's like a quarter million acres of public land or something. Mm-hmm. It's just some asinine number that is untouchable. You cannot get to it. You can't. Yeah, you unless can't you have, walk to unless it. you have uh, permission to cross that land, and it I can be, it and it can be the that piece of public land, mm-hmm. and this one here, those corners are touching, but you can't step over that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's no it's corner corner rules. hopping or corner. The jumping. only way, yep. see, the only person I've seen that um, I know there's people to do it, but the only person I've seen that actually filmed it that you can access this public land is Randy Newberg, running a freaking helicopter. Yeah, he well, has you, somebody you can take, do that. fly him out there in a yep. helicopter, and he drops yep. him off, you know, and then he's like, okay, come back in four or five days, right? You know. Yeah. But it only, shouldn't, but it shouldn't that's take a helicopter. It shouldn't take a helicopter. Yeah. You know. But see, then you got places like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Like their their whole thing is they're trying to get these public lands accessible for people. Yep. You know, and they're doing more and more every year. But it's it's tough because you have yeah. the landowners saying, "No, I don't want that to happen." Mm-hmm. Well, this invisible line yeah. that we've made up. Is keeping me from walking over there. Yeah, even though I, even though even though I never physically touched your property, my shoulders and everything else hangs over your mm-hmm. corner. It's and, that's, just, and it's not even so much of the private landowners to do that; it's the state rules. Well, that's how it's set up, it's but the, long, you don't yeah. see the private landowners going, "Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and change that law to yeah. make it easier for people to go in there." Meanwhile, I'm the one hunting in there because I'm the only one with access because mm-hmm. I own all the property around it. So well, that's just the way it is. You know, I'm just glad we don't have that here. We got enough. We got enough pr- public land, and everything's all kitty wampus, and nothing's yeah. checkerboarded off. Uh, so, so if you want to elk hunt in Minnesota, you can only do it in think of one county. Roseau. Well, there's two. There's two. Well, the, last year I think they cut it down to one. It was just one last. I talked about it on the on the previous episode. Um, Roseau, I think, was still open. Kitson County, then, I think, is the one that's open. Was it Kitson and Rosa yeah. was closed? Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. But and they yeah, only this put out like 12 won. tags. Yeah, but they were really successful. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's monster bulls yeah. up there. Well, that's, that's the thing nobody, I don't think anybody realizes it well, except I mean, for the guys elk, that are like elk guys. The elk herd population isn't high. I mean, no. that's why they do so many tags like that. And that's no, really the only it's place like, they're at. it was like 30 or something. It was something yeah. really, really, really small. Um, if you all listen to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast like you are now, go back to the previous episodes and find it, and then you'll know what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember which one that was in. So that's what—that's something I should really start applying for, is the elk and all the weird I stuff. I do. I don't expect to get never, drunk. I've I only put it. out 12 tags a year. 12, well, that's kind of a one. Isn't it a, is it a once-in-a-lifetime? No, that's moose. Well, no, moose, was, is, moose is nothing. Well, moose was done. Yeah, but, moose but, is done now. Well, mo- when moose was open here, it yeah. was a once-in-a-lifetime right. tag. But the elk isn't? Elk, I don't think can, so. Okay. But you'll just probably never get drawn more than Never get drawn anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't... 
I don't lose any sleep over not getting an elk tag in Minnesota. No, you're just donating five bucks a year to the DNR. Yeah. And then they go waste it on something else. Yeah, like I'm more interested in putting in for a bear tag here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'll be getting that this year. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I put in for the drawing, you know, but even then, there's still over-the-counter tags from Minnesota for bear. Well, you can, but then the you got no quota area. Yeah, and then, you yeah, know, if, you, uh, if you don't mind doing all the work... You know, like me, I'm just having somebody do all that work for me. Well, see, the, write him a check. Well, see, the good go thing about bear. where I live up north is well, you're in, you I'm live right in bear the, country, so yeah. you can you can drive a I'm half five, hour. I'm away. five minutes from primetime bear habitat. Right, right. You know, is that a no quota up there? Just south of me is no quota, but directly west of me it isn't. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I put in, and this is, and the unit I hunt or that I would I put in for is one of like, the biggest units of the state, so they put out the most tags. Yeah. But there's so many freaking bears there. Yeah. You know? And that's probably where the most people apply, so. Whoa. Jeez Louise. Hmm. Computer's yelling at me. Yeah. Anyway. There, they put in a lot. A lot of people apply for there a lot, but it's mainly like or the county that that's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the counties like in the Arrowhead and on the Canadian border, most bears are up there. Mm. You know, some more people put in there. Well, there's a ton but, of bears in the state. I know that much. Yeah. So. Well, hey, let's take another question. This one here from Alan Kishler of Kishler Custom Rods. He was on the third episode of the SmackDown Outdoors mm-hmm. podcast. Thank you, uh, Alan, for joining us. I process my own deer, and when I cut the back straps slash steak, I leave the piece whole instead of cutting individual steaks. I believe it helps with freezer burn slash pre- and preserve flavor. What's your thoughts on doing this, to cut or not to cut? My... The most I cut this. like that if I'm gonna freeze the whole thing is I'll cut it in half, and that's just and that's just to save yeah. space, um, space if I have to. Right. I don't think it's a big deal because when I take my deer to the butcher and they give me the back straps, mm-hmm. they're all cut up, and they taste yeah. just fine. They it, don't get freezer burnt. To so. me, that would think that would depend on how how fast you're eating it. No, well, I've you had know, some. If you're gonna cut up steaks and you're gonna eat a steak like every day or every other day kind of yeah. thing, yeah, go ahead and cut it up. But if you're gonna, if it's, if you know for sure it's gonna be in the freezer for a while, yeah, do what you're doing, Alan. Leave it, leave a yeah. hole, or just cut it in half. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too is how you cook it. Yeah. You know, yeah. are you cooking Speaking it as a which, whole the whole thing, or are you yeah. are you cutting it up into Speaking medallions? Speaking of which, like so. you said, I do have a badass recipe for. All right, we'll save strap. it. That's the end of the episode. All right. End of the no, episode, yeah. we'll give you your backstrap Your mouth's going to water for this one. Okay. So I don't it's think... It's not secret, by the way, but it's it's freaking okay. awesome. All right. So I don't think there's really a wrong way to do it. He can keep no, doing it No, but there's better is. ways to do it. What, this? Or are you talking about your recipe? Oh, well... I'm still back like on the if, question I, here. If, if, Alan, if you know for sure that you're going to have your backstrap in the freezer for a long period of time... Now, long, like couple years or well, i wouldn't say that long I hopefully it doesn't anybody. last that long but i can't think of anybody <laughs> have a back strap for a couple years i might have just because we i don't shoot a lot of deer so i'm I like i'll save it i eat that thing so fast you know i want to save it so i have some until like the next year you know i mean if, if it's to the point like say you're not eating a steak you know at least once or twice a week you know then yeah. i would say cut it in half at the most you know leave it and you know like say just keep doing what you're doing like say with me, I'm gonna eat a freaking steak almost every single day. Yeah. Well, I, like it, I got well the back straps, you know the back straps, you know like like, like I said, I take I take mine to the butcher, my mm-hmm. dude the butcher, whatever, and they give me the you know four packs of back straps or whatever it is, and they're all sliced up, but they're all still together. Yeah. So, and I've never had a problem with them tasting funny or freezer burn. Yeah. So 
I think you could go either way. If you don't, like said, if you don't it, cut them, just, just leave it how, how it long is. it's going to be in the freezer. Yeah, if that, it's going to be in there yeah. for a long time, leave it whole or just cut it in half. But if you're going to eat it qu- pretty fast, like me, yeah, go ahead and cut it up if you want. It doesn't matter. Perfect. That works. Uh, what else we got here? What is this? Bow hunting. Scott. Oh, that is uh, actually kind of covering. It's covering uh, the Africa thing. So the rest of them taking are all like guns. Africa. Are using yep. outfitters. Well, you have to use an outfitter in, in South Africa. Oh, the taking guns are using outfitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. can't just Af- go Africa. There and you hunt, have to so. use an outfitter. There's yep. really no public land that you can hunt. Yep. But Tom, maybe, maybe if you're local, you know, like, yeah, because you're because you're planning on going to Africa here, so that's yeah, why we have. I've got Africa my Africa question. hunt yep. book for next year. Oh yep. yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for that, man. Uh, Tom wants to know, and this is where Scott was like mm-hmm. his second comment. I guess I should have read the comments. Um, have him go over what it takes to get firearms into other countries such as Africa. I'm going to sit back and let you talk. That. Um, <laughs> You can do it yourself, but it is a pain in the ass because I forget the form numbers. I think it's like 4457, something like that. You have to fill it out. Um, when you fly it over and you say you're in customs, especially in South Africa, uh, I guess it all just depends on who's doing who's doing the paperwork with you and if they're in a bad mood or not. You know, some people can just be a straight up asshole like anybody <laughs> else. You know, true. And they can, you can end up held in customs for all freaking day. You know, but a lot of these outfitters now, I mean, they know they deal with this year round all the time. Do your research, find a good outfitter, talk to references, ask for references, you know, and talk to them, you know, and ask about how how their experience was with them. I mean, I I must have looked at 30 or 40 different outfitters from all over South Africa and not just one province. You know, I looked at the Eastern Cape and Western Northern. I looked at the Limpopo province. I looked at all of it, and I've talked to I don't know how many freaking people. You know, you got to remember, you're going to another country, and not like yeah. oh, we're just going to England. We're going to what can be a very dangerous part of the world. Yeah. So you want to make sure that the guy would, you're trusting your life as, with is good. As far as hunting wise, this is the most dangerous area of the world. Well, yeah, because everything that you're hunting wants to yeah. hunt you back. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as far as just the general area, even if you weren't hunting, you need yeah. to be careful. Oh yeah. Um, and a lot of it now, your outfitter can and usually will take care of the whole process for you. Like I said, the outfitter I um, booked a hunt through um, is, is, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, it's Dinque um, Safaris. They're in the Limpopo province. Um, I've talked to the owner personally. He's the PH, you know, real good guy, real nice guy, straightforward. He's not going to beat around the bush with it. He's not just going to try to, you know, say one thing and then once you get over there you're gonna say a bunch of other crap and try to get you to bite other bunch of other animals you know the whole thing he lays out the whole thing for you right off the bat and like he doesn't play around he doesn't you know try to hide anything you know it's gonna be like this you're gonna do this you're gonna do this this is what we do over there kind of thing you know uh the owner jp i think i say his name right jp uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm saying I'm guessing. You'll, you'll learn it after the first yeah. day. <laughs> um, real nice guy, like I said. You know, him and his wife they own it, and he has um, business partner that runs the whole thing together. Um, and they do all they do all the animals. They need them. They do the big five. Uh, they do all the planes game. Almost all of the planes game. And the big five mm-hmm. for people at home is a lion, a leopard, a hippo, 
a crocodile and a Cape Buffalo. Or you can take out the leopard and put an elephant in. It depends on where you are. Because not every not every outfitters does elephant or lion or oh, elephant okay. uh, leopard hunts. I was gonna say I thought the big five had elephant in there, but yeah, everybody just you depends can, on can, who's got there's what. Like, yeah. There's really yeah. like big seven or big eight. Well, yeah, if you, you think know, about it. But the big five comported, you know, for hunting is even there's more than five. Yeah. You know, as long because a lot of people put the leopard in there. Well, giraffes are pretty big. Yeah, but that, it's not the dangerous can, game. Get close you know. to a giraffe that's big. Yeah, it's gonna kick you. Speaking of which, that's, that's what I'm hunting for is a giraffe. Are you? Hell yeah! Oh, I boy. want my giraffe rug. Nice. You know. Giraffe rug and then the head and the neck coming. I'm gonna have. All over. Well, see, I'm, I'm gonna do like it's like you see in Cabela's a lot. You see, like, they just do the neck standing yeah. up. That looks I'm gonna so have goofy. That in the corner. It's gonna a, look like a like a freaking nightstand, a giant lamp of a giraffe head. Put a. You know. I can make a studio light out of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> put lights through his eyes. Jesus. That'd be funny. All right, we've gone off the rails on that one. Um, actually, here's a pretty good. One. Talk to yeah. Talk to your outfitter. Yeah. About the process of taking guns, and a lot of now you don't have to take guns if you don't want to. They've got. If them. you have a specific gun that you want to try out or you say i just bought this special gun i want to use which is my case um i'm gonna i'm getting a gun and i'm gonna take it with me because i want to see how it can perform on you know the animals it's been used here quite a bit but i want to see how it does against animals in africa all those animals aren't that tough 22 mag will take out half africa (laughs) no Yeah, go 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 shoot a lion with a twenty-two. <laughs> he just turns around, and goes, gonna, that, gonna, "Oh really?" Piss him off. Oh well, that's it. Hey, all right, now I'm going to kill you. you. Better have about a thousand rounds, <laughs> right? Of that. Yeah, and a thousand rounds. Full automatic, twenty-two, yeah. twenty-two mag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but almost every single outfitter now, they've got the guns you can use. You know, and it's not cheap stuff. You know, you're not just gonna go get some piece of crap. You know, two seventy from Walmart for two hundred no, bucks. No. They don't have that. You know, they've got high end stuff there. Um, I mean, they want it you to be also, successful. But it also depends on, yeah. They, they want you to be they, successful they, they want you to, to come back. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know? But it all depends on what you're going to hunt. I mean, if you're going to hunt Plains game, like say what we're doing the first time is Plains game yeah. hunt. Matt, Matt's asking, what uh, what game will you be chasing in Africa? I will be hunting an Impala and a Giraffe. Um, girlfriend is going to hunt Impala, a Kudu, and what else is she hunting? She's hunting the third. Springbuck or something? No, it's not a Springbuck. No. I don't have to look it up. You can go to Texas then, for those. Yeah. And then cousin is, she is going to shoot um, Eland, a Kudu, and, oh, oh, Wildebeest. That's what a girlfriend is. Oh, yeah. Um, blue Wildebeest. There's two Wildebeest but people forget about. Yep. There's blue yep. and black, and they don't look the same. No, they don't. Blue Wildebeest and Impala and a Kudu, or an Impala and... Um, yeah, kudu, wildebeest, and Impala. Girlfriend's hunting that. Yeah. And the cousin is going to hunt a kudu, an eland, and a wildebeest. A kudu and an eland. Yeah. God, she likes shooting the big ones, huh? Yeah, she likes Those the big ones. Those things are cows, man. Yeah. And, and a blue wildebeest Especially is the almost Elans. the size of an elk. Like yeah. Four to, four to six hundred. Um, they're, bigger eland, than you, they're bigger than you'd think, but they're not. Yeah. Well. It's like a smaller elk. Yeah. Like a cow elk. Yeah. That's like a blue wildebeest. Um. An eland, yeah, those things are freaking monsters. The average eland shot is like sixteen to eighteen hundred pounds. Yeah, they're not no. small. Yeah, it's no. like a buff- I, it's almost when, like a buffalo. When I was down in Texas, they had a couple, and they yeah. weren't even big ones. And I was like, yeah, those things are huge. They're mm-hmm. just so tall. Yeah, I mean, they're tall. They're like, yeah, they've got long. God legs. damn. Um, and then she and see, and you got to people forget too. Where you're hunting depends on what you're hunting. 
like did there's different kinds or different subspecies like say if you're in the eastern cape you're hunting a cape kudu if you're in Limpopo, like where we're going, it's the southern or greater kudu. You know, the Cape kudus, they have a little darker coat, but the horns don't get as big. Hmm. You know, the the greater kudu or the southern kudu, that's the big ones. Those and these, you know, have horns that get over 60 inches tall. Jeez. You know, the big spiral horns. That's a freaking monster kudu. Yeah. Well, it's like elk, mm-hmm. whitetail, coos deer, mm-hmm. you know, just different, different yeah. areas. Yeah. Um, and there's different strains of eland, too. Oh yeah. Well, you know the thing. The thing about Africa is that there is so many things. I'm I'm super jealous of Af- of, of of Africa because there's so many things over there. Yeah. I mean, here it's like okay, we've got like a it's dozen, like 10 dozen 15, things. Yeah, yeah big 10 deal. to 15 animals you can yeah. hunt here across there's the like, whole country. There's like 60 different kinds of animals you can hunt there, and you'll see 40 of them in one day. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, this first time we're doing plans game. The next that. time I'm planning on oh, Cape Buffalo. I want my big cape. You know, I'm gonna start it after this first trip. I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to get into the big five. Yeah. Well, we were talking mm-hmm. earlier. You know what I want to do? Spot and stock Cape Buffalo with a bow. That's my death wish. People do That's it. My death wish uh, hunt. Well, you gotta remember too. It's not know. just you doing it. You're gonna have a PH. He's PH, gonna have a gun. By the way, PH is professional per, hunter. Yes, professional. That's your guide. Yep. You know, in Africa, you have to be a licensed professional hunter to be a guide. You're going to have him, and he's not going to have some freaking pea shooter. No. He's going to have probably a 500 or 577 or 600 Nitro Express double rifle. And he's one of the best shots you'll ever meet. You know, and he's used to these big-ass animals charging at him a lot. Yeah. And even if it's a bluff charge, it's a freaking... (laughs) It's a charge. ...animal that kills people every (laughs) year. People get killed there every year hunting for him, not just tourists. Um big ass you know 700 900 grain bullets you know they can take a freaking buffalo out in one shot he's gonna have that gun you know at the ready while you're drawing back on this freaking oh, bull. Yeah. yeah you know but still things can you're go gonna wrong. have at least a couple trackers with you it's never you and just one you and the and the and the ph the only not, time that's ever like that is when you're in a blind not like you're in tv when they're just walking around in the middle well, see, of they're Africa. not showing you the, all the trackers are behind the <laughs> exactly. camera guy there's like six or seven different guys at least on oh, the yeah. shows oh, yeah. you're just not putting them all in the view of the camera yeah. it's funny you know you're gonna have one two or three trackers even you know you know you're gonna have the ph sometimes you have two phs you know if they're hunting for the if they're filming you know for a hunt yeah uh, well, that's why I, I give credit to the to the shows that show everything. Mm-hmm. They show how many people are there. They show the guy standing there with the big guns, you know, yeah. over their shoulder, yeah. even if he's got some a Some show it. Now, there's some yeah. that don't show it, but they at least explain it to you. Right, right. You know, at least say, you didn't see this, but this is what happened. Yeah. You know, do that. Yep. Um, but like I said, all of that comes down to the outfitter you pick and where you're going to hunt. The process of importing your guns um, there and back, um, that is a that is a paperwork um, deal. You got to wear bow. They don't care. Yeah, you just take it through now. And then as far as guns and bows too, it all and it also is helpful where you fly through. Most people prefer to fly from Atlanta straight to Johannesburg if that's where you're going. You know, um, Atlanta to Jayburg, that's what they call it. That's a lot easier process because they deal with it so much. Oh, now, if yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah. connecting yeah. flights, like say, um, like say here, 
or somewhere in the U.S. to like London and then to Munich and then to freaking Johannesburg. Yeah. yeah. There's so much crap that can go wrong. And each country that you stop at, they can see your gun and flag you for it. Mm-hmm. And you can end up spending a freaking day or two there just dealing with the freaking a-holes through yeah. customs there. It costs more, a little bit more, but it is worth it in the long run. To try to find a flight from Atlanta to Johannesburg if that's where you're going. If you're going to Namibia, you're not going to Johannesburg. My cousin, she's going there this summer um, to, to Namibia to do a hunt. She's going to be doing kudu in England and stuff like that. Like, must be freaking nice. Yeah. yeah. But she's going with what us she, next year. What is she doing for a living? Jesus. She's the one I told you about. She's the realtor. Oh, she does. Oh. She sells um, ranches. She doesn't do housing. Oh, that yeah, that, that yeah. oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Never mind. And anybody sells two, sells two ranches a year. All right. Well, I'm good. Well, she does more than that. But <laughs> yeah. I'll give her credit. She does work her ass off. Yeah. Um, yeah. You ever want to buy hunting land? Look her up. You got it. You got the connection. Saint, you know, shout out to Jessica. St. James Sporting Properties. They, and it's not just Texas. They, she does New Mexico, Oklahoma. These beautiful freaking ranches. And most and almost every single one of them has all these beautiful exotic animals. You know, yeah. you're not buying the animal. It's already there. Well, as I say, the animals yeah. come with it because I'm, yeah. I'm sold. All right. It's on there. All if right. it's on the land, you got to remember it's Texas. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yeah, exactly. It's a show You're on my property. You're on mine now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. You get the keys, open the gate, and like 15 people start walking out. No, nope, 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 nope. You get back yeah. in there. You get back like in say, there. Like I say, your truck is on my land. Your yeah. truck's mine now. Yeah, so close enough. You know, <laughs> if they wanted to make the argument, they could make an argument for it. Yeah. You know. But uh, so Atlanta to uh, Johannesburg, if that's where you're going on, if you're gonna, it's like if, San Antonio, the easiest gun airport ever. San Antonio and Austin. Oh, they don't care. They're just like, okay, cool. We'll take you back here. Two minutes later, they come back out. When mm-hmm. when I went down there, he had to check his yeah. gun. Austin. He goes, that was easy. Austin is getting to be just as easy, not easier. Yeah. You know, like say when you, when the Austin airport, you're in the main terminal, you're walking out, and you got to walk across the parking, walk across the little high bridge thing of the parking lot yeah. to get to the rental cars. You see everybody like we're in the line for. Our, you know, get our rental car, and usually I would have like my my rod case. You know, the, the freaking bazooka rod case. Yep. People looking at me like, "We got a damn cannon in there." It's fishing poles. You know, everybody else. And everybody's sitting gun. on the bench behind me. They got all these freaking freaking armored up, locked up gun cases yep. everywhere. I'm like, "Where y'all going?" It's like we're going hunting. Yeah. I was like, I could have sold you a better hunt than that. Oh well. But yeah, hey, it's Texas. Hey, everybody's got to get a piece mm-hmm. of the pie. You can't take everybody home. Mm-hmm. Now. Like to answer his question too, if you're bringing a gun to Africa, don't bring some little freaking crap gun either. Um, Spend don't the bring, money. Don't buy bring a good quality gun. Depending on what you're hunting, yeah. if you're doing a plains hunt, bring two. Do not take anything smaller than 270. I think that's law. You have to use 270 or bigger. Oh, for like the antelope yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even the small stuff like a springbok. Oh yeah. You know, that's yeah, a 60 yeah. pound freaking antelope. Yeah, you could. You know, 20, talk about 22 mag. Yeah, they don't, they, it would kill it. Yeah. You know, but they won't. I think it's by law, you have to use 270 or bigger. Yeah. Preferably, they would tell you to take a 308, you know, because it's the most common caliber in the world. I couldn't imagine using a 308 on a spring buck. God damn. You got to well, tear it's a not, hole in the back. It's not even that. It's because you're going to make a far shot. Oh, I you know, suppose. Spring yeah. buck, you know, they, they're open plains yep. animals, you know, and they can see so freaking well. Their senses are turned all the way up to 25. Yeah. You know, common shot for spring buck is. Two, three, four hundred yards hmm. on you know a sixty-pound animal. Once again, it's not like TV where they're shooting them at thirty yards of the water hole. A water, if you're hunting over a water hole, yeah, could be. Yeah. If you're if you're bow hunting, you're going to be sitting over a water hole nine yeah. nine out of ten times. 
Uh, but take a bigger gun. Now, if you're going to hunt, you know, the big game, if you have the money to buy a big-ass gun, go ahead. Buy the big-ass gun. You're already going yeah. over there to shoot a $50,000 whatever. Yeah. You know. But if you're going to do, like, a cape hunt or a hippo or something like that, by law for Africa, you can't use anything smaller than 375. 375 Ruger or 375 H&H. You know, that's law. That's the small gun. Yeah. You know, and if you use a an outfitter's gun, if you're not comfortable with the big gun, they'll give you the 375. Now, if you're experienced and you've done it before, and you say, "Yeah, let me try that thing," <laughs> they've got 500, 577, <laughs> and 600 Nitro Express you double rifles. The bullet is this bottle cap. Oh, that's yeah. how thick I've it is. Them. It's a 900 grain bullet in some cases. You know. <sighs> Guns are big and they kick hard enough that they can break shoulders and they can shatter your collarbone. Yeah, and that 600 Nitro Express, that is not a cheap gun. Nitro, just look at the end of that thing. Yeah. Let's see. Like that, that's a freaking double rifle. Good Lord, look at yeah, that, right? Yeah, and it's freaking gorgeous. But these guns are like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous yeah. how much it is. Now, you can buy a plain Jane one with nothing. You're not shooting that out of a pistol. You're not shooting a 900 grain out you of a can, pistol. You can, but you better have it like vice down on something. Yeah, there's no way that nine. No, I'm that's fake. And 900 grain, 600 nitro express out of a pistol. You're stupid. Let's see. What the? Like right there. Pull that picture up. You can see. That's not a shotgun. Those are oh, yeah, those yeah, are rifle go. shells. <laughs> you know. Here we're gonna save this. We'll throw it on the. You know, 500 to 600 to 900 grain bullet. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you got to remember these things are made to take down, you know, elephants. Let's see. These are elephant guns. 600 Nitro Express. We're looking at one, two, three and a half inches long total. From bu yeah, bullet and casing. Yep. And it's a smooth shell casing. Oh, wait. Here we go. Wait, where'd that picture go? Where'd that picture go? I wanted that. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably like your standard <laughs> five, five, six round. Yeah, or something. something like that. <laughs> you know, but that's a six hundred bullet. Let's see, save picture. We're gonna save that one. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. But then yeah. you're you have you're using that yeah. stuff for. If you have a three seventy five and you want to take it, sure, go ahead. Yeah. But otherwise, if you're gonna hunt the big the big game, the the dangerous game hunts, just use what they got. Right. You know, they might charge you a rental fee for the rifle, but a lot of them now they're such good guys, and a lot of these guys are such nice guys. Um, bring them a box of shells, you know, yeah, and they're good. Yeah, they don't a lot care. of places, they, they, they a lot of places work with package deals for multiple animals, they'll, they'll include the rifle for free in these hunts. 700 Nitro Express, 750 Nitro Express, oh. that is an expensive gun. Wait a second. Cameron fires the 700 Nitro Express. Yeah. I said the gun. <laughs> uh, and, that, yeah. and he's not exaggerating. No, either. no, no. That's the one where, yeah, you get rocked back and you can't even, yeah, don't try to not go with it. And even when you're shooting these big guns, there's actually a proper way to shoot oh, them. God. See, he's not doing it right. He's just no, standing straight up. Yeah. Um, your pH, when you're hunting with these big guns, he's going to even tell you how to stand. And put in foot placement and everything to shoot these guns. Well, otherwise you're going to end up with a shoulder that's somewhere twenty yards behind you. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you got to use the. If you're bow hunting, most of the time they're going to tell you um, minimum of, of like say fifty five pound draw. You don't have to. I don't think there's a law on it, 
but they're gonna they would prefer you to do like 55 pounds or higher now for me and you and that's fine oh 70 like say the the women hunters yeah if you're not there at least 50 yeah well you know exercise if you have to they're big animals they're they're tougher animals you want to make sure you get as much and don't mess around with these mechanical broadheads nope they're gonna want you to bring a fixed blade broadhead you know Mm -hmm. they don't like rage no no you don't want to i mean it's it's not a whitetail no, you know, but even the smaller antelope like you springbuck a or an impala, over. you know, springbuck and impala stuff like that. Yeah, there's it's like shunting a whitetail, you know. But even then, they don't like it. Yeah, they want you to use a fixed blade. Well, they don't, they don't want, like they don't mess want around. Wounded animals. I mean, yeah. that's you know, money out of their like, pocket. And it's just like hunting here. If you get yeah. a wounded animal and they can't find it, it still counts as you killing an animal. You're exactly, paying, you're paying for it. Yep. You don't get to go shoot. Well, I can't find him. Let's go hunt a different one. Yep. Um, Dusty, Mister Dusty Ramsey. Um, do we want to touch on this at all? I know many people get upset about people hunting in Africa and trophy hunting. Maybe talk about where the money goes, the meat goes, and just some all some of the all around benefits from Africa. All right. I mean, it's we we as hunters know it. Let's say so. by law you cannot bring meat back from Africa, so it's used there, and it's all used. And every outfit, yeah, none of, none of any animal goes to waste. The only part that gets brought back is what you bring back for mounts. If you're going to do a rug or if you're going to do a shoulder mount, a full body mount, you know, skull, whatever. Skin that, and bones. Skin and bones gets brought back. Yeah. And, you know, and it's only so much of it. Otherwise, bones gets used for tools there or for decorations and displays and whatnot. Meat, some of it goes to the outfitter. You're going to eat it there. You know, you got to eat. Yeah, you're, you're going to eat gonna what you kill. They're going to make you try what you kill. Yeah, you're yeah. going to eat what you kill, yep. some of it. Um, some of it is a lot of it is donated to to the local villages, to food banks, to orphanages, to schools, and some of these outfitters are really cool. Like you can actually take the meat yourself to these places. Oh, that's cool. Um, a friend of mine, um, Brandon Murphy, he's a he books hunts for people all around the world. He hunts through Avula safaris in Africa, and they will actually and that safari outfitter will actually take you in town with your meat, and you will hand deliver this meat to the schools to these kids yourself. That's what's really cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where to show you that you're how you're helping, yeah. and yeah, to you show the get people, to meet your the local people, yeah. you're, you you can go to the school and play games and do yeah. do a bunch of fun stuff with the kids. Yeah, it's um, to show you who you're helping and to yeah. show them these yeah. are people helping out. So yeah, we exactly. want them to come back. Some of it's. Um, I don't think I don't know. I wouldn't even think some of it's sold. I guess if they need money, yeah, sure. But I don't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Some of it, a lot of it's used at the outfitter because they got to have food because they still got people coming in. As yeah. soon as you leave, there's somebody else coming. Um, but most of it is goes to the local villages. The money is to go. Obviously, go a lot of it goes to the outfitter because they have. It's not just that guy, one guy by himself. It ain't no. just like me when I was guiding fishing trips. It all goes to me for expenses. Right. You know, and some in the pocket. These guys, it's a PH. You're paying for him, but he has to. You know, you're paying for ammo. You're paying for gas in the cars. You're paying for. He has to employ trackers. He has to pay his. He has people that come in with the trackers, but they come in. Their job is to take care of the animal. Right. You shot a kudu. He's gonna call in four or five guys. They're gonna load the kudu on a trailer or the back of a truck. Bring it back. They're gonna skin it, quarter it, butcher it, cut it up. All that's done for you. He has to have people do that. He's got foot trackers. These guys read a ground like we read a paper. Mm-hmm. 
you know that's how what that's how good these oh, some yeah. of these guys are well, they're picking up tiny little specks of blood on sand yeah well they can see the way one grass is bent compared to yeah. another one and they like, okay he did this <laughs> right you know and they can look at a pile of crap and say like, oh yeah this is this kind of animal he's probably this yeah. big he probably came through here about 37 minutes ago yeah and he walked out you know? that way how'd you tell it, that well the way that it splattered that way <laughs> yeah yeah but then you know they got to pay for that you know so much money goes to the outfitter and his people other money goes to the local economy the villages that's there you know that's their pretty much their only source of income for those villages is outfitters or the people that come over to hunt right you know hunting is a multi is a billion dollar industry in africa alone yeah you know like say i i harped on all these animals in texas you can hunt some people can't go to africa some people can't leave you know some people don't want to leave some people are just scared shitless to fly you know i get it drive down to texas you can hunt all this almost the same things short of the big five yeah pretty much you know and there's actually one place in texas you can hunt cape buffalo you're gonna pay out the ass for it <laughs> but you can actually do it if you wanted you know like i said earlier it's not uh it's not kind of the same though yeah it's like eh, you know if I'm gonna go, kill same, it, I'm gonna yeah, go shoot you're a gonna buffalo. hunt the same way, Man. but say it's it's the U.S. It's not Africa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 different. Yeah. You know, but you know the the money goes to the local economy there because you're this, the number one source of income for these villages is us. Right. You well, and the number one source of income that is actually keeping these animals around is us. Is us. If yeah. it wasn't for us, and as far as the the trophy hunting thing. What gets me is like all the other people that, that you know that, um, put in on this. Your trophy is what you shoot. You know, if if you're some of these people that say I only want to shoot an animal this size or that scores this much, that's what they consider trophy hunting. But you still they don't think about though. It still takes years and breeding and management and all this stuff and conservation to, to produce that animal. You know, these animals just don't pop up out of the ground like a freaking root. You know, <laughs> be nice if they did. Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> hey, you want to send me any of those works. kudu seeds? Yeah, right. <laughs> My freezer's um, getting low. <laughs> but for most people, like say, a score isn't that big of a deal for me. Yeah, I right. want to shoot a big buck or a big bull, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm never in the case where, like I'm not going to shoot an elk unless it's three seventy or. Yeah, no, no. You know, I don't give a crap if it's right. a freaking elk. If it's a big one, if I want to shoot him, I want to shoot him. Hey, first my first bear that that's walks my, by. Yeah, as long as I ain't a cub. I'm yeah. shooting it. I'm done. I got that's my bear. Your, that's Ooh. your trophy. Yeah, exactly. You know, a trophy by this any right standards. That's right here. This was a trophy. This is first a trophy archery by here. any standards is, you know, what you are happy with. You put exactly. in the hours. You put in the foot. You know, you put in the miles on your feet. You put in the work. You put in the labor for all this, and then you rewarded for this, you know, work and this labor with that animal. Right. That's your trophy. You know. People Same just, thing as if you win a trophy in freaking baseball or football, right? You know, or basketball tournament. Right. You know, you put you worked your ass off to win. That's your trophy. Yep. It's the same thing with hunting. You know, we're working our ass off to get these animals or fishing. That's your trophy. Well, the the meat in my freezer, that's a trophy. Yeah. You know, it's the problem with trophy hunting is that all these yep. people that hate trophy hunting is one the tr- we'll just say trophy hunt the canned hunts where literally canned they're, hunting they're that's th- different and that's I don't like that's, that either. That's the number one yeah. problem. That's the that's bullshit. Yeah, there. that's canned hunting for people yep. that don't know is the biggest thing is for lions. You yep. Know, obviously, it's not us doing it because you, because Obama banned yeah, um, we, importing lions back. Yeah. There's ways you know, around that. 
You know, and I can go on the full thing about all that Seals of the Lion crap too. <laughs> you know, nobody over there gave a rat's ass. You no, know, nobody cared here. They they it was weren't all the freaking city is here. Yeah, yeah, but and the people wanting and all the freaking pedos and the green freaking vegans and vegetarians. Yes, hunting that lion the way it was hunted was wrong. Okay, but it wasn't just the hunter; it was the PH that did it. Yeah, put some blame on him too. But when after all this freaking blowback from that one damn lion that got killed. Obama banned the lions from being imported. More Americans shoot more lions than anybody else in the world. They, they by went, far. Well, here's the, and the, see, the best part about it is they still killed lions over there. That's the they thing. Had a, well, they the government realize, did it. Yes. The government went and killed was the like go- 200? No, it was 2,000. 2,000? 2000? Yes. Jesus After Cecil the lion was killed and Obama <gasps> banned lion importing back to the U.S., um, for one, outfitters were shutting down or going out of business because n- nobody wanted to go over there and hunt lions anymore. Right. So now all these, track, lions, like these 20, trackers, like and these, twenty grand. Yeah, all the trackers, trackers lost jobs. The guys see, that all the anti-poachers, yeah. they were poachers before, and said so they lost their job as an anti-poacher. Now they're going back to poaching. Right. Because it's money. That's what they know. It's, it's money. Yeah. The trackers, they lost their jobs. So they're going to go poach too now. Yep. Because who's going to track an animal better than a professional freaking tracker? Right. And who's going to stop them? Well, there ain't no anti-poachers yeah. there to stop them. There's not enough of them. <laughs> right. going to keep doing it. Yeah. But see, like I said, Americans hunt lions more than anybody else in the world, right. by far, like all the other ones combined. You know, So that put the numbers down. And then put the numbers of um, lion hunts down, period. But when they did that, the lion population shot up like freaking crazy. Okay, well, now there's animals, there's farm animals, cattle getting killed. Yep. People are getting people, killed like crazy. People. Yep. Lions eat people. Yep. Including some poachers. Yeah. That was, that. there was one story that came out that got like no. 10 of them. No, well, there's freaking shows. Like, if you got, anybody got Amazon Prime, there's a lot of hunting shows on there. And there's actually a few of them on there that do South Africa hunting. And where there's one guy, is a PH, jumps off the side of the truck and right on the side of the road, like from me to you, picks up a human skull. Like, this is why we need oh. anti poachers. Really? Yeah. You know, there's hunting shows on Amazon Prime. There's a lot of them. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, the only yeah. thing on Netflix is like Meat Eater, like Steven Rella. The problem um, here's the here's the here's the issue. Here's the issue when it comes to African hunting and hunting in general. It's the Disney effect. All these. People have been brought up mm-hmm. listening to animals talk oh, this, to them. This, yeah, this bear the, is so in the cute. Lion Don't King, kill him. The Lion King, you've got Timon and Pumbaa, which are two completely different things walking, running around. And then you've got the lion that's loving on the freaking monkey and this and that and the other. Yeah. And everybody gets along together. In the world, they of never show anybody eat anything except for some grubs. Yeah, Timon and Pumbaa. The little warthog and lemur thing are, mm-hmm. are teaching a lion to eat grubs. Yeah. For one, in real it's life, anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphization. Yeah. Putting human elements onto animals. Well, and it's a freaking the cartoon. Bigger, the bigger the animals are, the more they freak out. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the last person to freak out over killing a squirrel? I don't hear nothing about that. Yeah, well, but even you get it's a deer. Only certain animals too, though. And deer, the, eh, kind of, sort of, until it's an albino deer. Yeah, even then if they want to or not, or a bear. What's it? What? And what see, is the deal with the bears? bears? Why do it's, people it's like bears grizzly, so much? It's grizzly bears. Not even that. Oh hell no! Black I bears too. I haven't seen hardly. Well, I've seen some blowback with black bears. Oh, it happens nothing, all the time. But nothing compared to the grizzlies. Oh, grizzlies. Oh god, yeah, grizzlies are the greatest well, thing on the face of the planet. Yeah. Except they they like kill just anything that walks in their way. Yeah. People well, it's like all the freaking kids' movies. Is the thing that started it. Bambi started it all. 
Yep. You know, but it just went off from there. Yeah. Simba, don't kill Simba. It's so pretty. Well, and people well, are so ignorant remember, they don't Simba think Simba is going to eat your ass. <laughs> right. And people don't think you eat grizzly bear. You can eat grizzly bear. Yeah. People eat grizzly. Well, the same people thing they eat did. Black bear. They did the people same thing all in those Alberta. African animals. They did the same thing in Alberta man. with grizzlies. Like all the freaking city, it's in the yeah. cities are crying about it. So yeah. the government banned grizzly hunting. But then you you don't take any consideration at all about the people that live up there where the bears are. Right. You know, and like they tell them, like even Joe Rogan did on his talk about on his podcast with Cam Haynes. You're like, come up to where I live. There's exactly. freaking bears exactly. everywhere. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, we have politicians. The the wolf thing, right? Can't hunt wolves. Why? Somebody in a different state is telling the state of Minnesota and Wisconsin mm-hmm. and Michigan and whoever else well, in a completely partly, different yeah, state. That part of that, none but of us then can it's do also it. I've seen. I remember when they the year they they had the year last last year was open and then until the year they cut it off. Yeah. Um. It was also natives complaining about it. You know, they had some valid arguments. I don't remember all of them. You know, I don't want to get into all that. There was some valid arguments, but more than not, um. Well, they weren't the ones that shut it down though. No. It was somebody in in a state. Somebody like in a state. New York, yeah, I think it was New York. Yeah. And Renella well, talked about it. Well, it was New York because. The person that the judge that shut it down, they were re- married to somebody that's like in the Hillary campaign or mm-hmm. some shit. Well, it's it's the same thing as that. Um, Nobody in a different state should in tell Wyoming us. that banned the grizzly hunting out of Yellowstone. Right. Yeah, nobody no. should tell. Nobody in a different state should tell you how to run the animals in your state. No. Period. Nobody in Wisconsin should tell Minnesota how to do their animals. Nobody in Minnesota should tell New Mexico how to do their take care of their animals. It should be a state by state mm. basis. If you want to work on the yeah. state with you know, really with the state like next the to big you, animals like, on, the, like the grizzlies. Yeah. Mm. I know. At the same time, like I don't hear y'all complaining about the freaking bears in Alaska, and they're bigger. It's because Alaska don't care. They're doing their own thing and nobody's going to well, stop Well, it's like, well, Alaska's way up there. It's the other side of Canada, shooting, blah, blah, blah. They're still shooting wolves in Alaska. All, all the time. They don't care. They want you to shoot them. Yeah, they don't care. Well, see, people are going to listen too, to some jackass in New York. Um, <laughs> the shooting the wolves in Alaska and like the fur and all that, they, that's money for Alaska itself. Right. Well, for it's money. State. It's clothes. It's, it's for the local people. Yeah, the ones that kill it. But it's also money for the state. You know, because like yeah. you can actually buy wolf uh, rugs. In the lower 48, they were shot in Alaska. Yeah. You know, but the money, go, a lot of that money goes back to Alaska. Yeah. Same ideas with the other animals around the world. Yeah. Especially in Africa. If it wasn't for people going and hunting certain animals, those animals wouldn't exist anyway. You know? and you the only remember, reason that some of these animals are yeah. literally around is because they are hunted. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. that, no one would care. They wouldn't they'd have be wiped any, out. they'd be gone. Because the first time that somebody complained about uh, an animal hurting or killing somebody, they're gone. Right. You know, so yeah. you have conservationists in there, but well, it's the same thing with the freaking big animals in Africa, you know, or just it's actually it's any animal anywhere yeah. is hunting. If you don't control them or manage the population, they're going to overpopulate. Shit's going to get wiped out, but it's just going to be one thing after another. Yep. yep. I had like a woman yesterday. A woman yesterday complained to me. She was all whining to me that I was told I was going to go hunt a giraffe. No, don't kill the giraffes. They're so pretty. I'm like, no, they are. They're gorgeous animals. Yeah, they're they're freaking gorgeous. They are gorgeous animals. I look at one. Could I shoot one? I don't know. It's just one of those animals. Not because it's pretty. Blast the hell out of them. Not because it's pretty, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Whatever. Well, like like I was saying, 
even giraffes, they have to be managed. Well, they do. People they don't realize, do, yeah. too, they see the young giraffe in the zoo, and that's all they think about. Well, Just yeah. a, a lazy animal that walks yeah. around and eats leaves off trees. Yeah. They don't think at all about an old 20-year-old giraffe bull. They, when they get old, it's almost like they get dementia. They, get, they go freaking crazy. Oh, yeah. They'll start killing the younger bulls. They're, they're past breeding age. They don't breed anymore. Yep. They're killing the younger bulls that are breeding, you know. And they start actually start going after people. Yep. They'll actually go after YouTube chase down it. cars. YouTube it. You know. Google it. It, it happens yeah. all the it up, time. Don't believe me. Yeah. You know, they have to be managed like anything yep. else. Like just like lions. Well, you saw hippos. that. You saw that gal that shot that black uh, black giraffe. It was yeah. really, 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 was dark. really dark. They, yeah. When they get They're, old, they darken the coat out like exactly. that. Exactly. People are like, oh, it's rare. Well, yeah, it's rare because it's old as shit. Otherwise, yeah. it, it, who cares? And like she tried to it's explain, all that doing. giraffe was 20-something years old. Yeah. It was going to die of old age soon anyway. Wasn't that one causing problems or was it a Yeah, it was one? a problem giraffe. Yeah. Almost every single giraffe you, ki- you see killed is a problem exactly. giraffe. Because they don't giraffe. really, I mean, they're so expensive. Not a lot of people are hunting them. No, there's not, a giraffe isn't that much. I thought they were expensive. No. How much is a giraffe? Yeah. Am I going to change my mind on a giraffe now? Probably. <laughs> no. I would think the average average fluctuates 2500 to 4500 That ain't bad. For a 3,000-pound animal, it's like 17 <laughs> feet tall? Hell no. <laughs> you know. I suppose Buffalo County uh, deer hunt, that's like 2500 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, man, giraffe ain't terrible, I guess. People don't realize you can actually book a full seven-day safari and hunt multiple animals in Africa for the same price. You can book a whitetail hunt here. Well, that's because we're stupid here. We spent we spend way too much money on whitetails. Way too much money. Yeah. It's really dumb. It is. But I mean, I mean people are making. More... Mo- I'm not. Let me let me just say this. I'm not mad at the people that are making money Mm-mm. off a of whitetail. I'm not. Good for you. Get yeah. every damn penny you can. But the fact mm. that people are spending four or five grand on a whitetail hunt, come on, man. That just yeah. it's just. And see, because I don't of care that how too, big of an animal you can shoot. Yeah, see, I get that, but damn. Um, well, see, it's not just here. I mean, you can hunt for things all around the world. And well, that Markhor hunt that market, just... Yeah, that, the Markhor yeah, ram. 100 grand. Yeah. yeah. And people are losing their shit. They only kill so many a year. Yeah. They, they know how many... They only give out like four or five tags yeah, a year. and they're not all successful. No. And they, they were, know that, how many they can kill. That guy and one other guy, I think, were the only two right. successful hunts. And you know, and that just brought how much money into that area yeah. that wouldn't be there in the first yeah. place? When they, Hello. See, they didn't think at all when he... In the next paragraph, when he wrote down there, that hundred thousand dollars went back to the, that community. Right. Plus That's airfare, all plus all the ammunition and all the gear he bought. Yeah, and he you donated. Know. He brought a lot of stuff to donate to them yeah. too. Right. That's what people. That's just another do, thing about hunting dumb. shows that people don't say about talk about. Yeah. A lot of these hunting shows, they take stuff over there and they donate free gear to these outfitters and these oh, trackers yeah. and guides and yep. stuff. Yep. Um, I don't know. All right, but. You want to play a little game? All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. I looked them uh, since you're from Texas. These are kind of all suppo- supposedly according to Google. These are all kind of Texas related. So I'm gonna say two things. You tell me which one you want you like better. Okay. okay. So Tex-Mex food or actual Mexican food? Tex-Mex. Okay. Sweet tea. Or Dr. Pepper. Sweet tea. Oh, really? He went, well, that's me. Just, I would say well, that's Dr. Pepper 50. seemed to be, you know, well, sweet see, tea. That's the real Dr. Pepper down there. Right. Well, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, though. Sweet tea real or Dr. Dr. Pepper? Real Dr. Pepper is hard to beat, but good old sweet tea. Sweet tea? I'm a sweet tea guy. All right, I love cool. my freaking I love, sweet tea. Oh, me too. Um, barbecue or chili? Barbecue. All right. 
Okay, when it comes to tacos, are you a hard hard shell or soft shell? We're not talking like burritos, just hard shell. Depends on what's in them. Well, yeah, but same thing in, mm. in both. Is it a hard shell taco or soft shell taco? It's 50-50. That's a hard okay. one. All right. Brisket or chicken fried steak? Oh, shit. <laughs> I got him with this mm. one. I got him on the last one. I'm going to say was, that that was a tough that's going to come down to who's doing the brisket. Because, you know, you know as well as I do, yeah. you can you can mess up, up a yeah. freaking brisket, yeah. you can cup a chicken fried steak. Oh. Not country fried steak, Here, chicken fried word steak. Word of advice, never buy, never buy chicken fried steak in Minnesota. Well, see, so you're not buying I, chicken fried. It's country fried. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's the problem. Chi- actual chicken fried steak, yeah. the real stuff down there. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah. So brisket or chicken it's, fried it's steak? It's going to depend on who's doing it. Your if mom. Say she can oh, cook my both. mom does barbecue, oh, so I, if she did right. chicken fried steak, it'd be that. Now, if it's me <laughs> doing mine, I'm going to do a brisket. If, if mom's barbecuing, I'm, nope. <laughs> my mom doesn't barbecue. My stepdad's yeah. really good at barbecuing. I'd do. I'd take a brisket from him. Or if I'm doing it, I, I don't fuck around when it comes to barbecue. <laughs> okay, so let's girl, say. I learned from grill masters and, and like world champion barbecue cook-off masters. Yeah. I don't mess around when it comes to barbecue. So let's say. The best brisket you've ever had or the best chicken fried steak you've ever had? It's that brisket. All right. Right. And on. you got to remember, there's a difference between a brisket here and a brisket down there. A brisket here is like two well, three, once again, we're in Minnesota. Don't, don't even. An actual brisket is like a yeah. freaking quarter. It's like a 40-pound chunk of meat. Dude, you're going to cook this thing all day long. Yeah. You Minnesota's freaking walleye fillets and McDonald's. Other yeah. than that, well, pff, whatever. Good example, my brother's wedding years ago. <laughs> We started barbecuing at two o'clock in the morning, and the wedding wasn't until five in the afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't eat till like you do seven. It right. Yeah. yeah, we. Now we, I know people we that had can meat on the grill for like sixteen hours, kind yeah. of thing. I know people in Minnesota that can cook, no doubt. Oh yeah. Great, but as far as going anywhere and actually getting any like good food, pff, there's whatever. a reason that it's Texas horrible. is the barbecue capital yeah. of the world. Right. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, I'd have to say brisket. All right. But chicken fried steak is like right freaking there, man. So we got Tex-Mex. We got sweet tea. We got barbecue. Did you go say hard or soft shell? I'd say both. I'm 50-50 on that, man. <sighs> I right. like both. And then brisket. Yeah. Wow. I just kind of lined all them up. Almost. Except for the hard mm-hmm. and soft shell. I did that. Didn't even... Apparently, I'm psychic. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you All right. Though? Okay, well, now, yeah. now we're you done talking. You want to hear my food? recipe? Get it. All right. Uh, what's his name that had the question about this, the backstrap? Uh, Alan. Alan. Yeah. If you want to leave your backstrap full, I wouldn't say do a whole backstrap. Use half of it. Cut it in half or even cut half of that side up. It is a stuffed bacon wrapped backstrap. Oof. Yes. Your tongue will ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> if it could, it would. All right. It's simple. It, you can find them on Google. I'm, this isn't a secret. Get your back strap. Butterfly it, meaning cut it in half. You know, flay it open, almost like a fish. Yep. You know, stuff it whatever you want. I use uh, cream cheese. I, Depending on who I'm cooking it for, I will do mushrooms or not. I don't like a lot of mushrooms. I just do that for flavor. Um, cream cheese. I do a little bit of um, red potatoes in there. You can do mushrooms if you want. You can do whatever you want. You know, but I'll throw a little bit of garlic in there. I'll throw some seasonal in there. Pretty much like you would ste- season any steak. You can throw that in there if you want. 
cover it up find the longer the bigger the bacon strips you can find the better you know because you're going to stuff this um, back strap so much that it's going to be spewing out the sides like a chipotle burrito yeah exactly and then wrap that sandwich up all the way up and down with that bacon because you because the reason for the bacon for one is to hold it all together like say it's going to fall out but you're doing that because you want that little bit extra fat and that's going to throw flavor on too and who doesn't love freaking bacon well it's bacon exactly yeah, america you know bacon and deer meat oh fuck can't no. complain exactly right you know but you're throwing that fat in there just you know because deer meat is so freaking lean yeah yeah you know but you do that put that on the grill for 25 to 35 minutes you know don't get it super hot i would think like 350 to 375 for like half an hour oh man that is freaking awesome perfect mm-hmm. all right well next time you come over guess what you're cooking as long as you got stuff, dude. <laughs> as long as I got some, I'll, I'll get the ingredients and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, I don't sir. Think anybody sent me questions? You, yeah, you got any questions before we cut out of here? I don't think anybody uh, asked us any new ones, but we actually got some this time, which was nice. Yeah. Way to go, everybody. Um. Let me see. Let's just double check here. Let's see. Trying to bow hunt. Dun, but like dun, he was saying on the gun. Yeah. Um. Actually, it all depends on what you're going to hunt. I would yep. say if you're going to do a planes game hunt, 308. 300 mag, 308, something like that range, and that 300 or bigger. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say mess around with the 270. If that's what you have and that's what you're good at and you're, and you're comfortable with, go ahead. Yeah. But um, don't use don't use 130 grain. Go up to 150 or 180 even. Bring out the big boy toys. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have too big a gun. No, no, not yeah. in Africa. Now, it also depends on where you're going to hunt. If you're going to be doing it in a place where you're going to be shooting long range, if you're comfortable with long range shots. Now, when I say long range, I don't mean 150 yards. I mean three to 500 or 600 yard shots in some places. You know, you're going to want a gun that can take that. Yeah. Don't take a 270 to shoot 600 yards. And, and they practice. can do it. Practice, you practice, know. practice, yeah. practice, practice. Now, the problem we have here is where are you going to do it? You know, that's the main problem. There's a couple gun mm-hmm. ranges out there that that 600, but you actually got to qualify. You got to drive you to them. Qualify I think there's one in Red, Red Wing, down in Red Wing, Minnesota, this um, four, five, um, 600, 700 yard shots. There's I a gun club there. I think there's one. Um, where, where, that's the only one I know of. But, like I say, if you're going to do the big game hunts, you're never going to shoot far, you know, because those guns aren't made to do that. No. You know, a 375 isn't even made to shoot four or 500 yards. Right. I would think on a big five hunt, like a Cape Buffalo hunt, you're, gonna, you're not going to shoot over 200 yards. You know, you're going to get close. But like I say, they're going to tell you exactly where to shoot the animal. You know, like I say, a buffalo hunt, you're going to shoot it right off the edge of the shoulder, a third of the way up from the bottom. Like it's not like right in the middle, right behind the shoulder, like a deer. Mm-hmm. You know, and all these animals are different. You know, and they're all going to tell you, depending on what you hunt, they're going to tell you where to shoot it. You know, even with a giraffe. Yeah. So do some you know. research before you go. Yeah. There's do some Google do it. There's research. All sorts of information. Think of where it. you want to go. You know, like say for me, if you're like me, location wasn't that big a deal. You know, quality is way better. You know, quantity is there. There is a freaking ass load of outfitters in south africa oh it's... all over the place go to a sports in, show and all the different 15 countries. of them everywhere yeah yep in all the countries there is a buttload of them yeah. you know but it also depends on what you're going to do and there's other stuff a lot of these outfitters now especially like the limpopo province um a lot of them have offshore fishing trips you can do too nice you know or if you want to do safaris different safaris are better than others you know 
I said, we're going to look at fishing for a day. And there's different kinds of fish that you never even freaking heard of. Well, yeah, you're in a different you're yeah. different part of the this world. This guy was telling me, like, we're going to fish for Red Romans. I'm like, what the hell is a Red Roman? I had to look it up myself. I don't, <laughs> I don't even freaking remember. There's a steam brass. I'm like, what's a steam brass? Big ass fish. I know that. It's probably like a tuna or something that they have a different name for. Nah, it, looks, it looks more like an AJ with a weird looking face. Oh. But they're big. They <laughs> yeah. fight hard. You know, and there's all kinds of stuff. Like I say, check outfitters, check their re- ask them for references. Yes. Email them, call them, text them, whatever. If they don't want to give them. you references, move along. Yeah. That's your that's yep. your hundred percent sign. No. Yep. Yep. Don't if go they don't ask me. questions, if they don't want to, you know, I would recommend the the, the two that I would recommend over others. There's a handful I could throw out at you. I don't, the one I'm going with is Dinquay Safaris. You can Google them, like Dinquay Safaris, like .co.za, I think, for Africa's. You can Google Avula Safaris, A-V-U-L-A, and Dinquay is D-I-N-K-W-E. Um, I know that owner personally. I've met him. I've talked to him for quite a bit. That is a really good guy. I like him a lot, you know. And another thing to consider, like we were talking earlier before we started doing this, the big overall factor, you know, is the cost, you know? Right, right, The right. flight, I would think it averages $1,000 or more per person. Yeah. You know, and what your hunt costs and what you're hunting, what that costs. But people don't think about on the butt, on the ass end of this whole trip is your taxidermy. Yep. That's where people get screwed or where they save a lot of money. Look up all these um, outfitters and see who they use for taxidermists. Because a lot of these taxidermists, they just say, okay, here's your animals. He's in the box. The rest is up to you. Mm-hmm. Don't do them. Even if no. they have the best hunts in Africa, don't do it. It ain't worth it. You can end up, like say your buddy had, um, his animals get stuck in customs for like a year and a half. Yeah. And you get a skull, a skull back. And you still got to pay even more money for it. Um, Dinque has his own taxidermy in-house. And what's cool about it, they actually cut their own mounts. They don't just order out of a catalog like here. Oh, okay. You know, you can nice. say, I want my, my kudu to look like this or yeah, you know, yeah, shape yeah. like that. And he they cut it out. Nice. You know? and, he, cool. and a lot of the specials he runs, like he was running one special at the show in Duluth, um, like three animals for so many. But you also get a free shoulder mount in the deal, too, if you pick a certain animal. That's, that's several hundred dollars right there. Oh, yeah. That's, well... You go through my guy, probably six, seven hundred bucks. Yeah. So, man. And, and they, yep. like I say, they will take care of the customs process, the shipping. Um, a good one will for that way. Yeah. The more they take care of, the less you have to yep. take care of, and the less and you have to worry, and the more you get out the of more, it. The more, if you can find somebody that takes care of all the taxidermy with the shipping and all that, and you can find an outfitter that will handle all the paperwork process for a gun if you're going to bring it, that's a good one to go to. Yeah. You know, even if the hunting is. On a scale of one to ten, like a six or seven, that's still a better one to go to because it's going to save you so much freaking riffraff crap right. with the gun and the taxidermy. Yep. You know, and you got to remember, and people think like, okay, I'm going to hunt for these animals. Well, if you don't sh- see them, and you see these other animals, you can shoot those if you want. You know, they can change it up. They're not afraid to change oh, yeah. it up for you. Well, they're going to sit there and they're going to go, you want to shoot that? That's how that, that you know, it'll yeah, cost some, you that much. Some of them, it's, a, it's grocery shopping when that, you're yeah. sitting here sometimes. A lot sometimes. of them do that. Yeah. Like, say, the, the, the guy I'm on, he'll say, okay, 
If there's any other animals that you didn't say, if you want to see about, ask about what they cost to shoot, ask me. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to wait for the animals you picked. That's nice. I yeah. like this guy a lot. I've heard sometimes it gets just overwhelming. Yeah, some guys it's like, just kind of oh, like, there's a spring buck. Yeah, no, shoot there's them. A, there's yeah. a sable. There's 500 a, bucks, there's 500 bucks, $1,000. Here's an Elan. Yeah. Here's yeah. an Impala. Yeah. Here's a freaking honey badger. You can hunt a honey badger over there. Shut honey badger up. don't care. Honey badger don't give no shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can hunt all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. Some places hunt hyenas. A lot of them don't, but some do. I'd like yeah. a, I'd, that. That'd be one thing I'd like. I want to shoot. I want to shoot. That'd a be hyena. a badass mount. Hyena, I would have looked is like four thousand an animal. Four grand. Yeah. I thought they were running rampant over there. No. No. Oh, all right. Never mind. Certain places. Yeah. You know, and that's with any animal. You got to remember too, like with the elephants. People cry about the elephants. They're all over the place. There's some areas where they're almost extinct. Yes, yeah. they're endangered. There's other areas. There's way too freaking many of them, and they have to kill them. Well, it's like they're, moose. They're, they're extinct down. in Minnesota, but they're all over Canada and in Alaska. Alaska yeah. and every, Yeah, so it's... Well, they're out west in the Rockies. Yeah, that too. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on again. Um, Do it again. Yep. Next time, you're, you're cooking dinner first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have you on again. And when, when are you going? You're going to Africa next year? Yeah, we're booked for next year. If I can swing okay. the money this year, yeah, yeah we're going. Yeah, you know, I might text my cousins like, you know, find me a freaking seat on that plane in Namibia. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have you on definitely. At, we'll probably have you on again before yeah. then. But we're gonna have see, you, all we're gonna have you on after that, and I'm yeah. just gonna sit back and I'm gonna let you talk for two hours. Well, see, that's not that's that's so. still over a year from now. Yeah, but you know, I'll be bear hunting too this season. Oh yeah, this yeah. season. You know, yeah. I'll be 15 minutes from my house. I'm bear. I'm in bear country. <sighs> well, good. Um, for you. We've got planned. We've got elk hunt um, planned out west. We'll be doing that. Uh, we'll see the bear hunt. If I can, you know, if I have the time, we're going to go to Texas and go deer hunting and hog hunting again. I'm going to kill some freaking hogs if I go down there. Maybe I need to come down to Texas, kill some hogs. If you got. I have gun, we'll travel. If you got a red light. Oh, I, I will. I can. Yeah. It's only money, right? All you do is you put it like, it's like a red lens flashlight almost. You shine it, put on the feeder, and you put it, point it down. Yep. You put all the corn out. As soon as you see all that running around, you just start freaking unloading. I have gun. I have ammo. I can buy a light. Let's mm -hmm. go. Have gun. We'll travel. Perfect. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and thank you to Bodie Gabler for coming back in. We'll have him back on. I'm guessing we'll have him back on right after bear season, so we can compare our our notes and uh, hopefully compare our stories of uh, taking a couple of good bear. So. And then uh, now that you guys are done listening to this podcast, head over to the Broken Line. Give them a listen and the Midwest Angler. Um, those are two really good shows that I listen to. And then another one also is The Casting Deck. I just started listening to that one. They just started doing audio versions. It's always been kind of a Facebook thing where they're doing Facebook Live video, but now they have uh, just audio versions, which you can find in a few different places. AllIceFishing.com AllIceFishing.com where you can save 10 to 20% off your ice fishing gear. Now, I know it's March. Okay, I get it. We're almost done with the ice fishing season. And I know there's people out there going, well, we got two feet of ice and there's five feet of snow. Yeah, but it goes quick. Remember that every year we say the same thing and more, more or less, it, it pretty much ends quicker than you'd think. So go to allicefishing.com, check them out. And here's the thing. It might be almost over, but buy the stuff now, save money now on things you're going to use in the future, like augers 
fishing electronics, fish house accessories, ice fishing accessories, all that kind of stuff, 10 to 20% off the big box store prices, okay? And they just got something new in. They got, uh, it's from Hardcore, a company called Hardcore. They got a magnetic toy hauler door, uh, or toy hauler screen door. So that big door in the back that drops down, they got a screen door for that. So for you guys that use them, uh, use those uh, wheelhouses in the summer, you now just turned your entire freaking thing into a big old porch. Pretty cool. So check that out. But yeah, check out allicefishing.com. It's a great company, great family-owned company. Okay, like just a family that's like, hey, let's start a website, sell stuff for cheaper than, you know, like all the big stores do. Good idea. Perfect. Go give them a like. Uh, check them out on their website and the Facebook page. It's allicefishing.com. And uh, save some money on your ice fishing gear, okay? Do it now. Do it tomorrow. Do it the next day. Go save money. And uh, so that's the show. Everybody, thank you for listening. Give us a like. Share the show. Leave some comments. Subscribe. All that good stuff. All right? All right, this has been a long enough podcast. We're reaching two and a half hours. So I appreciate it, everybody. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Go uh, shoot straight. Catch a big one. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye.